lovely, lovely can of Coke I just sipped from. And that is the perfect way to start episode nine of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, the one drinking the Coca-Cola. We're not sponsored by Coca-Cola. We're not, no. Although, fucking, if, if they would like to. Sure. Happy days. Yeah. Um, my good friend, Renfrey Deadman. Hello. Co-host is here as well. Hello. Um, sponsored by well i'm drinking so i decided to go for a bit of an unusual one i'm i've go i'm drinking an oasis yeah but it's kiwi apple sour wow making us there's a slight regret now um it's a you're holding it like like you're holding a sort of soiled nappy to give a visual representation of what is going on that's sort of that's sort of the taste yeah that's the sort of no it's not that bad it's all right it's just it's just an unusual taste Uh, i i saw kiwi and i was like oh i like a bit of kiwi but i I didn't i didn't see apple and i didn't see sour do you want to know an interesting thing about kiwi yes do you yes actually yes kiwi much like um uh, I want to say cauliflower and cucumber, but it's celery I'm thinking of. Kiwi, like celery, you actually burn more calories eating it no. than you do from actually consuming it. Is that true? It's very sweet, kiwi. Yeah, apparently so. I would. I can imagine you'd burn more calories trying to pick the skin off the fucking things. Jesus Christ. Well, you, mate, chop it open like a boiled egg and have a lovely... Um, get like a spoon. scoop it out. That's what I do. Yeah, I mean... Either- look at me. even that is too much effort for me so kiwi kiwis are one of my favorite fruits but they're Mm. one of my least favorite in terms of preparation what a pain in the fucking ass it's a vegan boiled egg yes i suppose it is it's a hairy vegan boiled egg a hairy vegan boiled egg (laughs) there we go well there's an episode title the Uh, the hairy vegan (laughs) boiled egg Um, we'll see we'll see if that sticks people are gonna think reviewing moby (laughs) 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 but we're not uh, I'll tell you what we're reviewing in a minute. Once I say a shout out to Musicism, musicism.net is the place to go. There are our pals, our buddies, our confidants, and they are the people responsible for um, for bringing you right act uh, yeah. every week. Good of good of them, isn't it? Big up. Um, big them up. That, so go over there, musicism.net. Sign up for their courses for $9.99 a month, 25% off if you put in the code RIOT in capitals at the checkout, and that will help you become a better guitarist, a better vocalist, a better producer, and um, yeah, they're very good. We we say this every week. I feel like yeah. I've got to find a new way to say it, but why fuck with the formula? Why don't you try so saying well? it backwards next week? Okay, so go and put in RIOT in capitals in the checkout. No, 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 no. Get every a- word backwards. And making oh, ev- I'm not even going to try that. Well, you've got a week to prepare. No. I'm just saying, give the people what they want. I'm not doing that. Right. Come on, too All much. Right. So I'm enough listening to the Paul Weller album. Really. <laughs> 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 let alone, <laughs> let alone mm, yeah. doing some sort of like Twin Peaks fucking backwards <laughs> talking <laughs> shit. I'm not doing it, Renfrey. I'm not doing I it. I just started watching Twin Peaks. It's what, good, the isn't original? It? Yeah, never seen it. Mate, it's... it's it is good, but it's really hard work. It, well, I think it's fucking hard work. I I've, expected it to be, to be honest. I've so. had the DVD box set I, mm. for, I would say, nigh on seven, eight years. Yes. And I only finished watching it like about a week before <laughs> the, the new series started. And I was like, this is too much of a commitment. Well, I've had it for about four and I'm just sick of seeing it sat there unopened. So I went, fuck it, I'm going to do it this week. And uh, yeah, I've begun it and uh, yeah, weird. It is weird. It's Lynch though, isn't it? It seems weird to me that you'd watch Twin You just watch The the Office over and over again. That's what I do. So (laughs) I like to watch, well, I was about to say new things. I mean, obviously Twin Peaks is 1990 or something, Mm. but I like to watch things that I've not seen before, you know. 
Well, so, yeah. The <laughs> thing yeah. is, you know it's not going to be as good as The Office. So why would you bother? Oh, I don't know whether to go into this now. Don't tell me you don't like The Office. Right, let's move on. Uh, so what's on today's show, Steve? <laughs> uh, on this week's show, we'll be reviewing new albums from Black Peaks, The Black Queen, um, Black Sabbath, no, uh, Anal Nathrak <laughs> and Restorations. And we will be introducing you to our very special guest contributor, the oh, first yes. of many. I'm so excited about this. The first of many columns, the kind of audio columns that yeah. are going to be um, exclusively given to Riot Act from our very special guest in a segment we like to call The World According to Jamie Lenman. So who's the guest? Um, <laughs> it, it, Jamie Lenman. Oh, um, so oh Jamie my God, Lenman. I'm freaking out. That's yeah. amazing. Basically, Jamie has done us a special little monologue. Um, we gave him kind of carte blanche to say, you know, Jamie, would you like to he's got to regularly come on the show yeah. and have a little... Uh, period um, of time to talk about whatever it is that you'd like to talk about. I think if you're going to give any man uh, in this world carte blanche, I think um, Jamie Lemon is the man to give. Absolutely. Blanche so to. Jamie is uh, going to be talking about the album um, Freaked Out and Small by the band The Presidents of the United States of America, mm-hmm. who you all know as Lump She's and Lump. Peaches. And is a peaches. Kitty, I'm a part and a wanna. What's the worst that one? Kitty, 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 touch it. That's the oh, one with loads of swearing in, isn't it? Yeah. There's yeah, a great. Fuck you, kitty, y'all gonna spin a nade <laughs> outside. There's a great. There's a great aside about Kitty that um that Jamie talks about, and and you guys will hear it at the end of the show. It's you fantastic. Will. Yeah. So it's, it's the really world good. according to Jamie Lemon or Twat Gel. Oh, as uh, the ki- the kids are calling it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. so that's that's what we've been calling it um, in private and sort of going twat gel. <laughs> I wasn't sure if we were actually going to put that on the podcast, but it looks like maybe we are now. Well, I just did it. Right, I think it's on it. I go for it. I'm just a chilled out entertainer. Okay, Thank you. Nice. Um, also, by the way, go to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. You can help us out in a monetary sense. Um, lots of people have already done that. Lots of people have been putting their names down for the first. Uh, coming the upcoming the first ever upcoming rioters review where we take some of your suggestions and it is coming about them. that is going to be coming we, we swear it's coming it's just there's a lot on, <laughs> there, there is a lot on. <laughs> it will be coming soon uh, we've got a lot of really exciting things coming yeah, up actually um but do give us a follow on the old facebook and go to at riot act underscore podcast on twitter if you want to spare us a quid a month like mm. if you listen to uh, say put a quid in for every podcast then you know that would be lovely for us yeah it'd be fantastic so. So, um, I think in other news this week, uh, Metallica European tour. Hello. In stadiums mm. across Europe. Yeah, it's is, been a while since Metallica done stadiums, isn't it? It's been, I want it to 2007, I'm going to guess at the top of my head, they did Wembley Stadium alongside. My head said him. six, but it's certainly 11 or 12 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. maybe it's six, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was with uh, Machine Head, Mastodon, and him. him. Poor him. Yeah. Uh, uh, was it an Avenged Sevenfold as well, or am I going mental? No, it was not. No, not Avenged Sevenfold. It was meant to be Bullet for My Valentine, that's and they pulled out. Same and were as replaced by Machine Head. Right. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone went. Well, that's better. Isn't oh, it? good. Yeah, Machine Head on the blackening, wasn't it? So it, it, was. it probably was 2007 in that case because blackening yeah, came out in 2007. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I th- I'm pretty sure it's 2007. So. Um, uh, and they've got a bill uh, lined up with them with Ghost, Hello. who we talked about last week as a potential festival headliner. So that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, this is going to be brilliant for them. Yeah. Like this could push them to that, I yeah, think, definitely. potentially. 
and uh, the Norwegian three-piece band Bokassa, who ah. um, for a few months uh, earlier this year were the best band since Slipknot. So oh. that's good, isn't it? Yeah, they were. Not anymore, though. No. Um, but yeah, but still a decent band and a decent bill, I think. Yeah. I mean, I would quite like one more band on the bill. I would I would imagine they'll put another band on the bill, I would have thought. I hope so. I mean, I think it's a pretty strong lineup as it is. Like, um, it's pretty good. I noticed, like, tickets are like... Oh, tickets are so expensive these days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's about 100 quid. Mm. And there's, they're doing the whole gold circle thing again. Yeah. Metallica doing the gold circle is such a shame. But then I guess it's just becoming That's a, standard now, isn't now, it? Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 for stadiums. Yeah. But if you want, you know, if you want to be right as close to Kirk's crotch as possible and who doesn't uh that's 150 quid i think mm. but you know it could be worse i mean i remember bon jovi charging something like 300 quid for for his vip section yeah. like 10 years ago and so then you had to watch bon jovi <laughs> yeah. so what this means is i mean i think it's great it's rare i think that you get i mean it's a very very extensive um a very very extensive kind of uh stadium tour yeah very extensive yeah 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 they're going all over europe they're doing like spain and um vienna and eastern europe as well eastern europe yeah amsterdam yeah 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 it's pretty huge it's this it's what do they bill it as it's like um somewhere out of the studio kind of thing even though they're not in the studio at the moment but they they build billets like that summer holiday thing don't don't call it that when you've got absolutely no intention of making another (laughs) Um, but it's interesting because it means that metallica are now off the table for download exactly what i was going to say so this means we're definitely not getting metallica at reading and we're definitely not getting metallica at glastonbury not i think we ever would again we're definitely not getting metallica at bloodstock um no. <laughs> or slam dunk secret set though can you imagine oh, yeah, slam amazing. Dunk. yeah yeah <laughs> um and kind of most obviously we're definitely not getting them at download mm, mm. which makes me think again uh festival kind of um doing the old festival maths mm-hmm. um i was sort of thinking about download um this year and um, for like, I was thinking about download for next year, uh, like earlier in the week before this got announced. And I was thinking like... Crystal I'm, clear again. Huh? Crystal clear again. Crystal clear, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. I was thinking about download yes. for next year. Yes. And, um, uh, and I did think like, who I, I, at the moment, I genuinely don't know who's going to be playing download. It's rare that you get a year where you go, I haven't got a fucking clue. I know you get really annoyed when I say it, but I hope to. Um, okay, well, then, I mean, they're not. What? Why? Why? They won't. But they have before, and that album they've released albums before as well. They're going to do that again. Um, I mean, uh, do you think Avenged will have something out by then? Well, they they did it last year. You can't have Avenged two. Oh fuck! They did, didn't they? Sorry, my bad. Can't do Avenged two years. Um, Surely. God, yeah. Uh, It's proper depressing. I think Bring Me. Yeah, I mean, Bring Me is the secret set at Reading. Like if they're going to headline anywhere, to me they look more set up to headline Reading than they do. Yeah, I would I would expect Iron Maiden. Is what I'd expect. That's what I'd kind of. They're the only band that I kind of look at and go. I mean, I don't know. I don't you? know what they're up to, but because like they've just finished this, um, uh, the Legacy of the Beast tour. Mm. I don't think. I think it's a bit early for them to go back into the studio. Yeah. Um. Early. So. I guess it would be some sort of uh, 
retro tour well, thing that they tend to do but then i i, I don't know i i, I they, think it would be too early for i think they'd want some time off to be honest i'm, yeah, I'm they did not convinced about maiden 2017 didn't they having yes. said that it's just because they did do everyone has been going absolutely berserk about that legacy of the beast those shows with kill switching games it was very very good yeah it was yeah, it was you know that. i've i've seen maiden possibly probably 10 times and it was the best time i've mm. ever seen them so. there's no obvious band with the exception of bring me the horizon that look like they are going to step up as to to become a headliner at, at the sort of download level it's definitely too uh, early for the likes of architects and parkway drive and, too, yeah obviously um, too early Ghost for Ghost, yeah and and those sort of bands that have been mentioned previously so you're left with dying fetus i guess <laughs> <laughs> just to get that yeah. joke in again good yeah um, never let it die that joke <laughs> Uh, sorry, you're left with... You're left with the kind of... The ones that they always say that they never get and never are going to well, get. Well, Blink-182 and Blink Green 182, Day. Blink-182, Green Day, the Foo Fighters. Um, uh, Pearl, Pearl Jam, Jam, they keep saying. Pearl Jam really don't want to do it. I, yeah, Pearl Jam obviously have no interest in doing it. No. I guess Slipknot are always quite reliable, aren't they? They're going back They're back in the studio. I suppose, mm. actually, I would quite fancy thinking about it now. I'd put Slipknot above... Yeah, Maiden. Um, yeah, surely. What it also says to me, this Metallica tour, right. sorry to ch- go change back again, okay. is, do you know how many times Metallica have officially done download? Uh, I don't off the top of my head. Twice. What? Twice. They did the secret set at the first ever download, but let's not count that. Okay. Um, I don't know why. It was just they, knew, they weren't billed and they weren't headlining. They headlined- I can already think of three times. Master of Puppets in full, yeah. Black Album in full, yeah. Um, and I saw them without Lars one year at Download when Lars was ill. Uh, yes, sorry, you're right. Three times, my bad. Is it really only three times? Yeah. Wow. So Master of Puppets in 2006, and then they did it in that would have been 2004, I think, when they did it without without 2004, 2005. That sounds Lars? about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. of those times. Yeah. Really right. interesting set actually, because obviously it was. Dave Lombardo and Joey Jordison and um, Fleming uh, Fleming Rasmussen, I think the 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 guy who like produced their records and so yeah. all the drum tech or something like yeah yeah fucking amazing. drum tech yeah. yeah so sorry three yeah my bad I forgot about that one for some reason um, but yeah three times so you think they've done in the entirety of download they've had Metallica when it's been running since two thousand and three. They've what? officially played it three times as headliners. Right? Was was the year that, uh, that it was Guns N' Roses and Tool and Metallica? Was that Master of Puppets? Yeah, that's 2006. Okay. And then they did the Black Album in full. That's the only time that they have done Donington, right? And just as a, a kind of an interesting aside, Sonosphere started in 2008 and they have played Sonosphere... At least twice. They've played Sonosphere four times. What? Really? They did it in 08... Um, yeah. they did it in there's the big four shows 2012 yeah, uh, the big four shows so three times and they've done Metallica by request I'm adding oh, Sonosphere yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've done Sonosphere which only ran from 2008 to 2014 with a bloody year off in 2012 and 2013 mm. as well um, they have done like half the Sonospheres and done it in, done Sonosphere as many times uh, as as they did Download, which has been running now for like sixteen years. Well, it's because it was the better festival. Um, Ooh, but it's weird, though, isn't it? Mm, it is. It is. Un- yeah, it is unusual. Um, especially as people complain that it's always Metallica all the time. I mean, I suppose 
six times coming to this country, six summers in the last we're talking 13 14 oh, years here all the, they're here they're here the a lot they're yeah here yeah yeah most summers yeah and that's fu- but you know that's this was fine. this was the first this summer was the first time they actually didn't do any dates anywhere yeah. for, for years and years and years and years yeah so yeah but um yeah odd that they haven't done download more and it's something that I, it makes me what I, I don't know why well, I guess I'm. I mean, to be honest, I, I don't think it's that odd for a band like Metallica because they're always looking to do something different, aren't they? You know, I mean, this is why we had all the. But you would expect with the like, let's be perfectly frank here, with the paucity of headliners available. Mm. I mean, how many times have Maiden headline downloaded? It must be five, six times. Must be. Like I don't know off the top of my head. Slipknot have headlined it three times since two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, Ramstein have headlined it twice since 2012 but then I think um, Metallica have more options than certainly Ramstein and Slipknot so Slipknot couldn't headline Reading I don't think not Um, now now, no Ramstein I'd love to see it but I don't think they could headline Reading yeah Reading's a completely different festival now but Ramstein or Slipknot particularly Slipknot in 2012 2013 definitely could have headlined Reading Definitely. 2012. Um, they could have done back then. Yeah, possibly. Sure. All hope is gone, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, um, they definitely could have done. Um, but yeah, just interesting. I know you're right. Metallica do have more options open than available yeah, to them. But yeah. not more than, again, not more than Maiden. And Maiden have done no. it a whole bunch of times. No, true, true. It's just, yeah, it's something that just struck me the other day, how little they have done that festival. This is something that we've said before, you know, those big festivals are just going to have to change and they are going to have to make less of a deal. It's going to have to be this thing where they don't give the headline acts a million pounds to play or Mm. quarter of a million pounds to play or whatever it is. Um, Guns N' Roses was rumoured at a million some sources said two million I mean god knows what it actually was but let's <laughs> silly money silly yeah. money um, and it's just you know it's they're just going to have to throw uh, less money at I mean if you gave like a hundred thousand to Deftones to do it I wouldn't have an issue with that and yeah. I, I don't n- I don't know if Deftones would have an issue with that. I have no idea how much money Deftones command but but you know like Can you imagine Deftones now <laughs> Deftones booking agent <laughs> like I, I, grand. I'm, I'm sure they get more than that they probably do but like you know <coughs> e- even I wouldn't have an issue at all with Deftones headlining or Korn headlining no or, well poor Korn neither would I I mean like, I think it would you know like I say said it last week you have to kind of start reevaluating what it is to be a festival headliner yeah i think you do and yeah. um anyway yeah aerosmith have done download as many times this decade uh, even if you go back like a couple of years they've done it as many times as uh as metallica have ever done it wow this done decade it. did it in 10 didn't they yeah did it in 14 right did it in 16 wow so they did it three times in six years so they did it as many times in six years as Metallica has ever done it wow okay yeah yeah but then I mean don't take it personally Andy Coppin I'm sure you don't Um, no but he's got an enormously difficult job i mean it's, it's obviously not just andy copping there's, there's a team of people there but like they, they have an enormously difficult job but i but the thing the, the other thing i would say 
if they're listening, if they care, is, you know, you have to adapt. I mean, they must be aware of this, but you're going to have to adapt. And I think the sooner it's done, the better in a way. I mean, I suppose you can wring it out, these bands for as long as you possibly can but i don't think it's a bad idea to start maybe you know making a bigger deal out of the second stages and the third stages and the fourth stages or whatever where a lot of those bands a lot of what's happening they're really exciting yeah those those stages are better yeah i mean going by this year's i mean you know the main stage was <laughs> the hospice diabolical yeah, yeah 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 i mean it was really you know very poor i mean obviously i had bands which do get massive attendances but hanging out at the main stage at download was like hanging out in grandpa simpson's old, like <laughs> lounge in the old yeah. folks home in the simpsons yeah. there's just lots of people with like blankets over their legs yeah. like you know sucking their tea i think and i'm 38 and i'm saying that I yeah be yeah doing that yeah i think you know there's a we have a few generations of people who might not necessarily consider rock music the the cool music at the moment and yeah. when you look at uh well they definitely would have thought if they'd have turned up on that main stage well and download i was gonna year, say when you look that. at main stage lineups like that you can understand why mm. and it's a shame because actually all the exciting interesting music is kind of buried mm. in you know st- on stage three or stage four or whatever um but but people aren't gonna <laughs> look that low down no, no. you know it's a shame so, yeah. oh i like childish gambino maybe <laughs> maybe i'll go and watch dragon force <laughs> no not gonna do that yeah uh anyway so yeah that was we I spoke a fair bit about the smaller festivals last week, so that's um, our take on the slightly bigger one. Um, and in other news, I, ne- I, I was going to go to the Mercury's last week. All right, and I didn't at the last minute. I didn't go. I had a little, I had a table, and I, um, I had a place at a table. I didn't have my own table, but um, I did <laughs> have, a a, I did have a seat at one of the tables to go into the Mercury last week, and I didn't go. And annoyingly, I found out from the people that I was going to go with that um, they were sat next to Noel Gallagher's table. Oh, hello. Would you have got really drunk and said something to him? I would have got really drunk, I reckon, but I probably would, like, go... You, you could have asked him what he thought of the Paul Weller album. I could have done... that. Now, that I would have done. Oh, what do you think of the new... Yeah, maybe I would have done that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, what, what... What can you say to Noel Gallagher that he hasn't heard a hundred million times already? I did, uh, once. I was playing a gig at the 12 Bar, R.I.P. Um, God, eight, nine, ten years ago. And uh, Noel Gallagher was there. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't stick around for my set. Bastard. Um, But, uh, yeah, Noel Gallagher was there. And I turned to my girlfriend at the time. I was like, it's Noel Gallagher in the next room. And she didn't believe me. And she couldn't be bothered to go to the next room to see if I was actually joking or not, which shows how much I used to uh, lie <laughs> to my girlfriend because she just didn't trust me at all. Oh, the boy what? who cried Gallagher. <laughs> um. another, another episode title. Yeah. Um, I, I should point out when I say lie, I don't mean like in a horrible, I mean like joking lies stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, y- your yeah. parents are dead again. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway um close to the bone uh (laughs) sorry mate um anyway um wolf alice won the mercury prize yeah um uh what what do you think about that i think it's i think the 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 uh the best band won uh from the nominees um that you know of i mean let's that be i know yeah actually that's a very fair point that i know of 
Um, I'm fucking pleased Lily Allen didn't win. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. you like that first album. I do. I, I, do, I actually do like the first Ugh, album. No, 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 no. Um, choose on that. I had a I had a housemate at uh, when I was at drama school who used to play it all the time, and uh, it's been scorched upon my brain, and I absolutely hate it. Um, but um, yeah, I think Wolf Alice are an interesting mm. band. And yeah, decent enough. Decent. Um, I'm, you know, I, I mean, it, it's kind of like. Yeah, yeah. I, th- they are the only band who I would probably listen to in my spare time from that list. One of the only bands. Uh, who else everything. was on there? Everything, everything, everything maybe. Everything, I think are good. Okay. Um, and, uh, but I spoke to the guys who I was going to go with and they were like, Sons of Kemet. They were really, really like, oh, I would love them to win. They're kind of like tuba jazz. I listened oh. to their album and it's, a disorientating head fuck of a record. Okay. But, um, but Sounds it's like quite, Mars Volta. But it was, well, I mean, <laughs> it, kind, it's not though. Yeah, not really, but kind, it kind of. And, um, I mean, it, it's odd. Like, it was really, really, a really an odd. But they said live, they were fucking brilliant. And was it I, good? Like, was it good odd though? Or, or yeah, did you, yeah, they said cool. it was wicked. Okay. They said it was really, really great. And, and I listened to the album and I was, and I thought, like, this is good. You're quite right. It cool. was actually good. But, um, yeah, so uh, I mean, not that I'm necessarily saying they should have won, but yeah, I think Wolf Alice is. It's the middle ground of the kind of very interesting, weird shit yeah. that they were doing, that they were nominated, and then the kind of very, very mainstream, middle of the road toss like Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds yeah. and I Lily, don't, Lily Allen. I don't think it would be. Really, even Arctic, I mean, Arctic Monkeys are the only other band that I think we probably on this show we would cover at least they released an interesting album i know a lot of people hated it but it was interesting at the very least you know um like i i I don't think this is going to be one of those years because there's a few mercury years where people look back and go well how on earth did that win when so and so was nominated can't think of any off the top of my head but that's that's relatively common with mercury music prize i don't think it's going to be one of those years um but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's not the most exciting thing in the world to me. <laughs> Sorry, Steve's laughing because uh, Steve's, Steve's cat bonjour oh. has once again just put his <laughs> ass in my face. Up, literally got up when you started talking and went, I'm going to put my ass in your face. And then I've noticed bonjour does it pretty much every week now. Literally she every week. puts her ass in my face. she thinks of you <laughs> She's a big wolf. She's later. a big wolf Alice fan. A big, big, big Lily Allen fan. Lily yeah. Allen fan as well. So, um, so yeah, wolf, but, but congratulations to Wolf Alice. I think you know, obviously, it's good. Yeah. That I, um, yeah. Congrats. What was interesting about it is in a in a world with. I mean, this, I don't know if this says something about the kind of the um, the sort of relevance or lack of in the Mercury Music Prize. But I thought it was interesting that a kind of quite traditionally traditional sounding guitar band one especially yeah. in a time when we're being bombarded with the idea that dance music and electronic music and hip-hop are yeah, all the, the most yeah, exciting yeah. sort of genres of music and i'm not saying that that disproves that but i just wondered like not how cynical a decision it was but i wondered if there was it, it's good for you know we as a country are, are much more famous for guitar-based music like traditionally than mm. Um, than we are say hip hop Mm -hmm. Um, and you think maybe you wonder if somebody somewhere wants it to keep that way if I was putting my cynical hat on maybe I don't know I mean um, I I don't know is it thought about even in in that much 
in in is you know is it like, i don't know in terms of the wars and stuff i mean we know bits and pieces about summer warship we don't know anything about the mercury music prize to be fair but i have I heard know a little bit uh, okay okay interesting um i have heard i'm certainly not going to name them but i've heard of award shows that will uh, uh nominate uh bands or labels or or whatever and then say to those labels maybe okay so out of you who is going to give us the most sponsorship money and then that's who the award's going to go to mm. and that is not particularly uncommon let's no. just put it like no, that they're not i mean award ceremonies are, are Tosh. Not great yeah, nonsense not great. uh anyway but congratulations to the <laughs> But well done, you. you, you. <laughs> well done. I hope that fucking money was well spent. You <laughs> corporate scum. We should probably say we are not suggesting that. Yeah, no, no, we're not. We're not. We're we not. have no in idea. In fact, actually, in all seriousness, <clears throat> I know, in terms of the Mercury, the person who is ultimately in charge of the Mercury, I know morally and ethically has very, very, very strong sort of ethical ideas about what that prize is cool you can kind of obviously and we have gone oh the mercury's this and it's, oh, it's a bit this and it's a bit that but i know for i know for a fact i'm not going to sort of give you too much proper information but just i am asking you to trust me and i know that who the person who's sort of at the very very top of the tree mm. of that organization mm. really does want it done properly mm. okay so i think it comes from a good place i just was like um it's interesting that a guitar band won, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Anyway, let's do the trade-off. Trade-off. Which, um, which I like calling it that. Uh, last week, I gave you Inform, Educate, Entertain by Public Broadcast Service. And you gave me Got Your public, Brass. Uh, public broad, uh, Broadcasting services. services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. 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 I, I can't say service. I've written services. <laughs> public Broadcasting Services. Services. Um, and you gave me Cavort, Got Your Brass. Um, so let's start with with my one public broadcasting services mm-hmm. um, this is their debut album from 2013 and I had a feeling Renfrey after weeks of giving you stuff that I didn't know whether or not you would like mm-hmm. I had a very strong feeling that you would like this record yes you did yeah it's interesting you say that because I think I'm struggling to recall all of the ones in my head at the moment, but I think of all the records you've given me, this is probably the one I like the least. Is it? Yes. How, how funny. Um, I think, so my suspicions is you thought I would like it because it's predominantly instrumental. There's yeah. a shitload of samples in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, it reminded me, <laughs> this might be a little off centre. It reminded me of Lemon Jelly a lot. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe just because the amount of samples that were in it. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Uh, and I do quite and like... avalanches. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I do mm. I do quite like Lemon Jelly. Um, yeah. And The Race by Yellow. Remember that? No. Oh, that, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that nice was an amazingly sample. good, good... Yeah, that was very, right. very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that guy from Police Academy. <laughs> Steve um, Gutenberg. <laughs> no, it's the it's Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, I know. Well, it's not Bobcat Goldthwait. His name's Michael Winslow. Oh, is that right? About. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, like, you're absolutely right. He'd go and eat a burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's and right. Someone, he'd go... <laughs> and people go, hey, you're in the burger really loudly. Well, you know, your shoes are squeaking. That'd be nice. It's not a great skill. <laughs> it's not a great skill, is it? I hope, I hope you're not like, dissing. You know. 
Police Academy movies. Uh, <laughs> In light of this, I don't feel like I should. Uh, um, go on, anyway. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, so got a lot of samples. To be super clear, I don't don't dislike it at all. I thought it was really pleasant and kind of cool. Very British. The samples, a lot of them. Like I was having a quick look on. Um, on, on Wikipedia, you might have heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that it features samples from the BFI and... Uh, it's all about the BBC. It's all stuff taken from the BBC. Oh, is it? So it's actually like... The Hence thing ab- it being very yeah, British The, yeah, the okay. thing about the, this is they've got three records and each one is a kind of... I was going to say concept record, but it's not, they're not really concept albums. Maybe like, there's a theme to thematic, all the records. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like I said, the last one, which was the first one I heard, is about kind of the Welsh mining community. I've got to say, I think that is the best one. I can't remember what it's called. Right. Head, but that is the best one. There's one before that's about space and it's all kind of space exploration. That is and the one they were touring when I saw them. I'm right, sure okay. that is true. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's the case. And this one is about the BBC. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I gave you this one just because I, mean, I like some of the samples and I like that it was uh, the kind of the Welsh one is very guitar-y. Mm-hmm. It's very kind of indie sounding and it gets quite heavy at points. Whereas I like the fact that this one actually, it's got, it's got a lot of guitars in it as well. Like it is. Yeah, it does. There's some really good riffs in it. I think some really good guitar parts. Excuse me. But um, it's got some really cool kind of ambient electronic parts in it as well. Yeah, I would call it primarily an ambient electronic type Mm. record um, which, and and some of that stuff I really like (laughs) and I certainly don't, I don't dislike this record at all. It just kind of was pleasant. Well, to be honest, I mean, this is going to sound like it's a, a, a backhanded compliment, but it was very pleasant background music. I found it, it created a really nice atmosphere and yeah. vibe in the room. Um, but it didn't really grab me all that much despite actually sitting down specifically just to listen to it a couple of times i kept seeing finding myself wandering a little bit right and i thought that not in all cases but i thought in some cases it was very heavily overloaded with samples maybe because the music underneath isn't all that interesting uh not in all cases but in some cases and i just thought i don't i do like some of this stuff I think when it comes to samples, I don't like too much. Right. And this, like, it, it's almost as if in the place of a vocalist, they that's have what samples. I like about it. Right. Interesting. That, that's okay. actually what I, because I was going to say, you know, the thing I like about this is that it's got no vocals, but it's also, it's very wordy. Yeah, it is. Do you know what I mean? And there's, there's, they use samples in a way that are quite hooky as well. I think. I think they're yeah. they're used really brilliantly. I think that's the, I think that's where the lemon jelly connection comes yeah. from for me. Mm. Um, I just often wanted the samples to not be there, or or I don't know. I I, I think it kind of sets them apart a little bit. Like, it does. Know. It does because there aren't there there are there's certainly a lot of sort of either ambient electronic or I mean you could call this ambient electronic or you could call it post rock i mean it it lives in both worlds it certainly has a foot in both boats i would say um but uh i just there's kind of a wall that is put up for me when it's samples and just exclusively samples i think there is a fine line with using and you know i I am totally admitting i'm putting my hands up and going this is just a sort of thing 
a stylistic choice that I'm not into. I'm not right. saying it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not my cup of tea to have that many samples on it. I don't dislike it at all. And um, like, I'm tempted to explore them further. Um, I mean, I think the, you know, the last album is... yeah definitely the best i recall being more impressed with them live than i was the two or three times i sat down to listen to this record Mm. um so hence why i want to explore them not i think if i had only listened to this record though i'd be a bit like that's fine but i don't think it's for me if i'm totally honest so okay yeah interesting i thought it was a shoe in that one but but do um if you guys know (laughs) it or if you're playing along then um let us know what you think because we do want to know what you guys think i I really like them a lot Mm. i like it Mm. uh that's public broadcasting services inform educate entertain and renfrey gave me got your brass by cavorts yes who i know literally know nothing about they're from barnsley they're from barnsley yeah now i wouldn't have ever guessed that Really? No, no. Where did you think they're from? Norway. Oh, okay. I was like, this has got Norway written all over it. Man the Machetes, Blood Command, Cavell Attack. Okay. All that kind of stuff. I was like, this is ostensibly hardcore, but rock and roll, but done with a kind of rock and roll. So I know that's, you know, when when we sort of say death metal and death and roll, that's normally Sweden and in tune. But I think Norway have that, that Scandi Rocks thing that they've started doing alongside, I mean, actually, you know, Bocassa, uh, are another band recently have come out. I think that Blood, Blood aus Nort are another band yep. who, um, who, who do that sort of thing as well. And there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of bands from Norway who mix sort of hardcore, um, you know, that sort of, I guess like Black Flag-esque hardcore with, garage rock yeah and um and sort of hard rock guitar riffs um obviously Cavellatac being the the biggest example of that thing but this i thought i thought they must be from norway they must be because it's all that mate yeah it's from barnsley Barnsley, yeah so um this record came out on in at the deep end records which is um the second palm reader record came out and a lot of bands that you like yeah the Uh, the gilliam scene yeah 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 the past yeah <laughs> from the past <laughs> um and it came out yeah 2014 and uh i heard it and i thought i heard this record and i thought it was gonna go massive because my i actually think it sounds a bit like gallows but with a rock and roll spirit like yeah, pumped into yeah. It. i mean yeah yeah that's yeah yeah, yeah. Which, which is not not what you're saying but my references immediately were like this is like gallows um shit there was another band I had a really good like it's gallows meets something else but which is basically what this band is but like gallows but with these really awesome lead guitars um like it's so cool it's 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 definitely a heavy record Mm. but it's really catchy as well it's really really catchy really catchy it is good it's a good mix i mean it it just reminded me so much of that Scandi thing that I just thought, oh, well, they're another one of them. And I definitely good- don't agree with that. I, de- I definitely, uh, sorry, I definitely do not disagree with that. Mm. There we go. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I maybe because I knew they were from Barnsley when I yeah. got it, because I got it through as a promo and all that kind of thing. I saw it more as Gallows-y type. Of but it's good. Yeah. I yeah. think it's very good. Okay. I mean, now I know they're from Barnsley. I'm like, oh, that, maybe I should go back and listen to it with that. 
I think if I heard this thinking it was a, knowing it was a British band, yeah, I might have gone, oh wow, they're doing something quite fresh. Yeah. But because I just put it on and I was like, I've sort of heard this from a myriad of different sort of Norwegian, Scandinavian bands, and I thought like, how good are they compared to the sort of the best ones of them? Hmm that I was like yeah they are good like I think they're better than some and not as good as others mm-hmm. I don't think they're as good at, as Cavell Attack at their best I don't think they're as good as like Blood Commander Blood Commander are very very different Blood Commander pull in a lot more uh, yeah, than Cavorce do yeah, and and also this is they this is Got Your Brass as their debut album okay Um, and I'd, I think I'd probably take whilst they're not the same I'd probably take um, Got Your Brass over Blood Command's debut album Ghost Clocks um, um but you know I, I don't think i don't think blood command had fully fought, found what they were looking for at that point it wasn't until the second record funeral beach where they really like picked up what they wanted but um i think um i th- I, I whether you think it would have been a massive thing or not if people had picked up on it i don't know but i certainly feel i mean looking at it on spotify today i noticed that of all the songs on this record all of them have under a thousand plays bar one Oh wow! Um, so when I say no one really knows this band, I mean no one knows this band. Yeah. And when you consider that, the quality of it is so much higher that like they deserve more than that. I mean, certainly now putting them in 2013 era uh, sort of UK hardcore. Yeah, this came out we... October 2014. But yeah, October, October. So October 2014. What was going on in the United Kingdom at that point? Well. Malevolence, um, Reign of Suffering had just come out, which yeah. is fucking great. Was Feed the Rhino's third album? Feed the Rhino's third album then. was on its way. And that was fucking um, great as well. Which is, fucking, which is really great. There was a lot of good... There was a lot of good stuff going on. So I can see... I don't know. I, ju- I, just, I just think that this is also awesome. It's yeah. like, if you like that sort of thing and you've not heard it, you should definitely check it out. Yeah. And, you know, I've not seen them come down to London and play or anything. I just don't think there's a support. Well, this is totally my guess and I don't know. So, you know, apologies to anyone who works with them. He doesn't feel this way, but I don't feel that there's the support there to have got them to people's ears because I'm not saying they're the best band of this ilk, but I am saying that they should be doing far better. They should have 10,000 plays of these songs, maybe not less than a thousand. Yeah. I mean, it, def- after four years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely you know? seem to have slipped very much slipped through the yeah. cracks when you think they're, you know, even when you consider some of the smaller bands from that scene, like yeah. some, a band like Vales, who yeah. at least people had a few minutes where they were like, Oh yeah, this album's great. And yeah. I think this is definitely no worse than any of the kind of albums that got, you know, the very short, yeah, like we said it a whole bunch of times, it was no fun being a kind of heavy band. No, definitely not. 2012 to 2014, 2015, it was no fun. It was just like you would you want to hide into nothing. So you were I lucky. Think, you did you did fucking well if people just paid any attention to you at all. I think what impresses me the most is it's just it's that thing that I said about it's really really heavy. Like it is heavy and it doesn't compromise on the heaviness, but it is catchy. That's oh yeah, really hard catchy. to do. It's really yeah, hard it is, to do. Yeah. And those bands like you know like gallows and feed the rhino and you know manage to do that kind of thing but it's it's a tricky tricky thing to pull off and i think bearing in mind it's their debut and i think they did it extraordinarily well i mean it's it's a it's i think it's a very good record how long is it because i don't know like 35 maybe 40 minutes Mm, i thought they could have maybe trimmed it to half an hour okay 
that's, that's the only thing I would say. But yeah, good. That's probably fair. Yeah. But but you know, again, debut record in it. Yeah, you know, of course. You know, so yeah, I was I was really impressed with it, and I was expecting it to do very well, and then it didn't. So, mm. but yeah. So there you go. That has got your brass by Cavort, which is what Renfrey gave me. Now Renfrey. Hello. We're not going to give each other an album next week. No, we're not. Because something's happening <gasps> next week. Um, we are going to be joined by Joe and Will from Black Peaks on Black the show. Peaks? Black who are Peaks, they? Uh, who we will be talking about in a moment. Oh, yes. They've got a new album that will be out uh, next week. Yeah. And they'll be celebrating the launch of their new album. With us. With us. Yeah. So Bonkers. they're going to be doing the trade-off. So they have given us Sound Awake by Carnival. Uh, it? Is it Sound Awake? Yes, it's either Sound Awake or Wide Awake. Sound Awake. Sound Awake. By Carnival. Yeah, yep. that's what it's called. Which I will confess right now, I have listened to once, but it was a while ago and I don't know it I that well. I think that's fine. Yeah. I don't think I know that album just in the, that Just well. in the interests of fairness. Yeah, yeah. So the guys in Black Peaks have given us Sound Awake and we are giving them, we're giving them a, 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 like a legit classic. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> We're giving them through Silver and Blood by Neurosis. Yep. Now we'll talk about Black Peaks in a second, but when they said they hadn't heard this, I was like, "How the bloody hell have you got this far into your lives, boys? Yeah. Playing a band you have and you haven't heard through Silver and I Blood." I spoke to them both today, and they've both listened to Neurosis records, but not this one. So I was like, "Guys, come on, sort yourselves so, out." Okay. Well, anyway, so next week, there it is as a little added extra. Black Peaks are going to be on the show doing all the reviews, doing all the stuff, chatting away with yeah. us. And um, they're going to we'll be, be they're going to be on the entire, the show, entire show just to make yeah. it super clear. It's not just a feature. They're just no. going to be on a, on with us, like reviewing all the records and everything. It's going to be super ace. So that's cool. So they've given us Sound Awake by Carnival. We've given them Neurosis's Legendary through Silver and Blood. And that leads us to reviews. And what better place to start? The fact that Black Peaks album is out next week yep. means that really we can't really review it with them on the show. We didn't want to review it in front of them. Um, no. Whether whether we have nice things to say about it or bad things to say about it, we didn't yeah. really want to review it in front no. of them. So uh, so we're going to do that right now. The album uh, comes out a week today. If you're listening to this podcast today, it comes out. It's called All That Divides. It is the follow-up to their debut album, Statues, which is one of my favourite records of the last couple of years. A record that we both loved in fact i believe it was number one in our both our respective it albums was. of the year yeah so yes was. so and just for the sort of layman's out there renfrey why why was it your number one of the year uh because black peaks are writing world-class music that sounds uniquely them but also brings in elements of so many different bands uh off the top of my head tall mastodon uh teeny bits of miles volta i'd say maybe sometimes yeah um and what else do they fucking love well, they um, laugh every, every time i die <laughs> yeah i don't know if they listen to every time i die to be well, honest but, but no 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 but yeah statues i'm thinking about I, I was on tour with them i was thinking about the stuff that we were listening to in the van a lot Sugar, you know like they bring in you can hear elements of all those bands but they bring it in and then they make it uniquely them mm. And they managed to do that on their debut album, yeah, uh, which is very special. Yeah, um, and they're one of the most exciting. I mean, a lot of people will say stuff like they're one of the most exciting bands in the UK. I think we should just scrap this UK thing and just say they're one of the most exciting bands in the world right uh -huh. now. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I agree with that. So there's a lot riding on this album because yeah. we both. I mean, statues for me, mm, it's definitely a nine. 
approaching a 10. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd happily give it a 10, to yeah. be perfectly honest. It's, so, it's one of the best debut records of this millennium. Yes, I would definitely agree with possibly, that. Possibly the best. Um, Actually, you know that. Mm. Well, no, it's definitely it's, one of the it's best. It's right up there. It's right up there. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's yeah. an incredible journey. It takes you to all sorts of places. Um, Mr. Jamie Lenman uh, told me about Black Peaks. Did he? Yeah, it was sitting down with Jamie at 2000 Trees uh, and he told me about Black Peaks when they were still called Shrine. Yeah. So um, I'd been on their case for a very long time and it, it just totally lived up to expectations. So I suppose the question is, um, have they fucked it? Yeah. <laughs> is that, yeah, they that's have? A nice, that's a nice way of <laughs> putting it, I suppose. Um, um, that's not, yeah, they have, is it? No, or, no, that okay. was like, yeah, that is the question. Okay. Um, and it's not even, have they fucked it? Really, it's um, uh, are are any bands capable when they write an album, a debut record? Which you know, when you write a debut record, sometimes people go, "Well, you know, it's a debut record," and we are quite naive. But sometimes, in a band, write a brilliant debut record. It's because they've had years and years and years and years to write those songs and to hone them and to make sure everything sort of fit perfectly. And then you get two years not even that 18 yes, months yeah it's the sophomore slump to, isn't it to write yeah. the follow up to it and if you'd spent you know a decade honing that first album and then you only get 18 months to write the second sometimes there can be a drop off um, but for me when bands do a, a sort of follow up record to an album as exciting as Statues what I kind of want to see is obviously the quality to stay similar Mm-hmm. if hopefully as high like really hopefully higher mm-hmm. and i want some sort of evolution mm-hmm. in their sound mm-hmm. and i 100 percent think that is what we've got with all that divides 100 percent yeah um for I me agree. this is obviously great i completely and utterly agree with you i think i think this is i i, I think this is it's really interesting because They've released three songs from this record so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Home, Electric Fires and Can't Sleep. Yep. Now, if you've heard those three songs so far, and if you're listening to this podcast, you should have done. And if you haven't, why not? Um, they're really good songs. Mm. They're very good songs. Um, and they're exciting a lot of people and a lot of people are really excited by this record. In my opinion, those are the three weakest songs on this record. I mean... If- yeah I, my reason for that my reason for that let me back that up is because it's a smart move to do what they've done because they're the most statues-esque songs that's true by a long way mm-hmm. but what excites me about this second record is the places that they have pushed it where they've gone beyond what statues was is by far in my opinion the best material i think they've gone a bit proggier well, I mean, this is, I think, when I talk about an evolution in a sound um, and that being the sort of thing that you want. I said every time I die, and I made a point of putting it in every time I die, because okay. when you said about statues being the Mars Volta and Tool and, yeah. you know, Mastodon and stuff like that, I didn't want people to get the impression, because what I loved about statues was the fact that it was so wild that they would sound like a hardcore band one minute, a rock band the next, a prog band the, ne- the next, mm. a jazz kind of like freak out thing the next it was that wild experimentation that i found really 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 exciting about statues and while i don't think 
that level of experimentation in terms of wildly veering off into hugely disparate genres in is apparent on on all the divides like that that doesn't happen as much like that doesn't happen you know there's nothing on this record that sounds like every time i die like no. if you liked that kind of sort of southerny groovy hardcore thing that they were doing a little bit on statues would occasionally pop up um that's not on this at all mm. but what it's been replaced with is opeth <laughs> gojira mm, mm, like Meshuggah. Mm. like i did i really to be honest, i heard nothing Meshuggery like on the last record oh I really think okay it sounded like Meshuggah at all okay um there's a, those kind of polymath mm-hmm. riffs that Meshuggah do like <clears throat> biffy clyro yeah I'm actually um, going to throw in for Ocean Size here as well. I think there's quite a lot of Ocean Size on this record. Yeah, I think well, that was quite a lot on the last know. one as well. Yeah, but, I mean, you yeah. know more. Than, but certainly, I would have said on the last record, there was nothing that sounded like, oh, particularly like Opeth or Enslaved, mm. like those sort of bands. There was nothing. Yeah. Yeah, there was yeah. nothing that sounded like kind of um, those progressive extreme metal bands. Mm. Uh, Cult of Luna as mm-hmm. well. There was mm-hmm. nothing that sounded quite like that on those records. Whereas on this album there is yeah and what it means is is that it doesn't take you by hmm, it doesn't take you by surprise in that you suddenly go hold on like they're doing hardcore now like what and then it stops and it's like this kind of really melodic rock bit and you go cool that went from sort of naught to 60 in two seconds i didn't no, really see the, that the, the, the songwriting's amazing the, the way song- the way that they managed to make all of these parts work and join mm. together and yeah. it's incredible the, the, the journeys of these songs are yeah. incredible and, I, and like statues was not a disjointed record at all no nope. statues was thrilling in its like and throwing everything at you all at once mm. that was what was so exciting about it and, mm. and i and i loved it for that but equally i love this because i don't i, I really hate the word word mature i really i think mm. really matured like mm. I, like it's it's a it's a wanky word like it, it's shit but it does feel like this is more it's a more focused attack and it's a more it's it, i think you know l- Lots of bands, they're, they're never as good, but lots of bands can ape a band like Every Time I Die or mm-hmm. a hardcore band. Like mm-hmm. Lots of bands can ape that. And lots of bands can get away with making that sound. I mean, you look at me, like every time a, a, a kind of sludgy, blackened, entombed inspired hardcore band come in, I give it a rave review because mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love all of it. It just sounds good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if you've got the right distortion pedal and if you can shout loud enough, you're you've got a bloody good chance of getting in my top 20 albums of the year yeah right but what a lot and, and lots of bands can, can do that because yeah. it's a fairly paul weller yeah it's a fairly <laughs> easy thing to pull off yeah. yeah um whereas what black pizza do on this record is not they've they've kind of eschewed all of the kind of easier easier stuff to pull off all of the all of the avenues they could have gone down that would be slightly more rudimentary slightly more in keeping with their peers let's be perfectly mm-hmm, honest mm-hmm. um they've gone nope not doing that we're going to do something far more technical far more challenging far more immersive far more involving and it's fucking brilliant well and and that is why this is one of the best albums of the year i think mm. um and that that is why this is you know this that is why they have not fucked it it's like so to to go back to my earlier point in terms of the three singles to me are the least interesting songs like yeah. i say 
to me the reason for I, and I, I'm not I, I actually like all three of those songs I'm not yeah, saying I don't too. I'm not saying I don't like them they're the least interesting to me because they're the least um experimental which mm-hmm. obviously makes sense that the singles that makes perfect sense um but it is where it's when they get experimental and stuff so the first uh, the first song on this record which makes me super excited is the midnight sun which is track two Mm -hmm. which is like almost seven minutes long um and has this amazing like well again it just feels very proggy to me like the midnight sun i think it's just a fantastic song comes really comes into its own around the two and a half minute mark um where they expand into these beautiful arpeggio moments which there were bits of on statues but they really expand into them this time like they're happy to stay in those arpeggiated kind of beautiful moments uh for long periods of time on this record and that's where i think this record is amazing not to say i know there's a there's a fear amongst black peaks fans that this record will be more commercial Mm. less heavy uh blah 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 the thing you were saying about there being less sort of hardcore i I agree, but I don't think it's I don't think it's particularly less heavier than statues. I think it's heavier. Do you think it's heavier? I do think I I think <sighs> it's weighted. I I think people have a really weird idea of what heavy of is. What heavy yeah, is, yeah, and yeah, I've yeah, said yeah, this a whole yeah. bunch of times. Yeah. They have a very strange idea in my head of like those hardcore bits on statues are not the bits that are they're 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 the loudest. Yeah, they're sonically louder. Yeah, but they're not actually heavier. They're not weightier. Sure. They're not kind of. They're not more um, emotionally moved. They're not like like. There's bits of like. I, w- I mean the, the the standout moment on this album for me and one of the best songs of the year is Ether. Thank you. Yeah, mine. That's. I think it's one of the best songs they've ever written. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it is the best song they've ever written. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. 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 It's it is fucking phenomenal. That's it's song. incredible, and it has such like. It has such emotional weight to it. It's beautiful. It is beautiful, it's isn't it? It's beautiful, but it drags you so far down before lifting you up yeah. again. And that, to me, is heavy. That's what heaviness mm, is. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure that's how people will interpret, has it become heavy or not. But I understand well, what no, you're saying. I no, don't I disagree know. with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's. I think but that's yeah. because people go... Carnifex are heavy because they go <laughs> for no reason. Um, but I, I don't think people should worry. Like, there's Will still screaming on yeah. this record. Don't worry. Like, the screams are still really screamy. He's still got that incredible voice. Uh, but there's also these beautiful moments. I mean, the ether moment is the um, I can see the trees yeah. through the lake. Yeah. Like, it's almost like delivered falsetto and everything. It doesn't. It's not just Will's voice, but it everything quietens down just to allow Will's voice to carry it, and yeah. it's beautiful. And then when it builds, it's uh, like, did they put? St- I feel like there's a kind of string arrangement. There's on, pizzicato yeah. strings on it, yeah. so I don't know if they're actual strings or, or mm. keyboard or what. But basically, pizzicato is where you kind of pluck the strings rather yeah. than um, um, play them with a bow. And it's beautiful. There's Amazing. not many. There's not many. Like you talked last week about. Um, you know, melding Meshuggah and when you were talking about um, who did you give me for the, the change, the trade-off last week? Um, Arcane, oh, okay, Roots. Arcane Roots. Arcane Roots. And you were saying, you know, like that mix of Meshuggah 
and, and Biffy Clyro. Biffy Clyro. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this is that there were the strings and that kind of raise. That's, that's fair, Biffy actually. Clyro. Yeah. But but with Black Peaks, it's less Meshuggah on this song and more Gojira. Interesting. I don't disagree. In my notes, I put down. I think this song sounds like Tall Meets Ocean Size, which is basically the best song I've ever heard in my life, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's the centerpiece of this record mm. it's the best song they've ever written but i don't think i don't think it's the only one the midnight sun as i mentioned before i think is phenomenal um eternal light feels like a moment where they do something different as track seven um it's a bit faster 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 mm. and dare i say punkier i don't want to give the wrong impression because i don't think there's an awful lot of punk in the black peak sound but mm there's an urgency to it which they've not had before in the riff and stuff and mm. i remember um, i went to see them at the horn in st albans earlier this year and they played that song and i said to them afterwards what the fuck is that song it's fucking great and it's been around for a while they've been working on it for a, a good long while yeah. um but i i it's brilliant it sounds like a, it sounds like a a song from crack the sky mm. There's lots of stuff that reminds me of, crack, you know, particularly Crack the Sky and yeah. Mastodon. Cause before, so much Mastodon in Because before, if you'd have thought Black Peaks alongside the Mastodon, like Mastodon comparison, for me, it would be more kind of like Hunter Once More Around the Sun. Whereas I think yep. here, you like on, on statues, Hunter Once More Around the Sun were probably the more of a, you know, kind of um, place to look at. Whereas this, I think Crack the Sky is much... Like, yeah. like I say, everything feels like on statues, it was... The Deftones comparisons were more kind of around the fur than White Pony. Yes. Um, and, and all the stuff I love about it, it was just, it felt wild and wide-eyed and full of abandon and it was reckless and it was um, it was cherry-picking from all these great bands, but maybe cherry-picking from the, the times where they didn't necessarily do, not, not their best, I mean, Around the Fur is my favourite Deftones album, so I'm not downplaying that at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying... This one sounds like it's pulling from, uh, like the bands it's pulling from are a bit more, a, a bit more challenging, and it's pulling from the more challenging part of their back catalogue. Yeah, so I crack agree. the sky, white pony. Um, Col- I said Carl Luna generally. Yeah, yeah, Luna, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't really go wrong, wrong with Carl Luna, <laughs> but um, uh, like magma. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, definitely, definitely magma. You know, and uh, again, all of tool. Yeah, um, and kind of. I would say Blackwater Park era. Mm, maybe interesting. Blackwater Park, maybe. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, Blackwater Park. Mm, or uh, Ghost Re- no, Maybe more Ghost Reveries. Mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. more Ghost Reveries era Opeth. Mm-hmm. If there's a bit of that on it as well. Yeah. So, but again, all in all, like that's. Again, That's hard shit to be trying to follow. All of these elements pulled in together, but made it. it they're not copying them. It's no. uniquely them, you know. And they have all four players in this band are ten out of ten musicians. Yeah, uh, ten out of ten at what they do. Um, Will's vocals are talked about a lot, mm-hmm. and the fact that he can replicate them live is fantastic. But uh, because Will gets a lot of praise, I just want to like point out what a phenomenal drummer Liam is. Oh, yeah, for starters amazing. jesus he's christ brilliant. he's all over the kit 
Yeah. It's just um, it does some amazing stuff on this record. Yeah. You wouldn't um, believe there are four pieces with one guitar player as well. No, that's nope. the other thing. No, nope. I mean Joe. I was I was gonna get on to Joe, but I think just to quickly give Dave Larkin a shout out because well, he's the new new bassist. Definitely gonna give uh, he gives them a he gives them a bass that I don't like with all due respect to um Goz, Andrew Goz. Who was the the um the previous bass player who I thought was great. Yeah. Like there is he's almost like Jason Newstead. You see him live and he's a bit like yes. Jason Newstead. I think that's a really good that yeah. real like it's all f- it goes d- like it rumbles on like the soles of your feet. Yes. At that point. And he gives them on this record like a proper a prop not that they didn't have good bass lines and good No, bass not, at before, not at all. Not at all. This seems to be far more guttural it's been injected with something i think yeah. i would agree and uh, it, it, his bass tone on this record constantly reminds me of um undertow by tool which yeah. is not a bad thing no it's a um, good thing <laughs> which is a very good thing ever. um and yeah joe gosney i mean yeah. modern day guitar hero um really not flashy but when he does do solos and stuff uh quick mention to slow skies where he goes full-on mastodon mm. full-on brent hines mm-hmm. and if you closed your eyes, you might think it was Brent Hines. And I can't think of a much better compliment than that, really. Because uh, Brent Hines is one of the best guitarists in the world today. So um, I think Slow Seas... And I think Slow Seas is a really good example of sort of the lyrical content. I There was a very good feature in Metal Hammer written by... Um, hello! Hello, Stephen Hi. Hill! Yes. Um, uh, which I read uh, earlier this week. And it was talking about how... Um, the statues was about sort of a metaphorical dystopia. Yeah, it was a kind of concept record based on the idea of society crumbling after the after a financial crash and what would happen yeah. if that really went down. And this record is kind of more looking at the world and going, fuck, this has sort of happened yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Slow Seasons is just this wonderful song about immigration and how mm. shit this country is in terms of not helping people out who are in desperate situations who literally who are in life life or death situations who literally need to leave their country otherwise they may die you know and the compassion with which will sings about that is again beautiful it's really beautiful well i was gonna i was gonna bring that up the sort of the 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 narrative arc of this record because it's not i mean again in terms of heaviness people think kind of aggression and anger is is heavy um yeah i think this album's heavy but you would expect after writing a kind of fictional record about an an angry record about a fictional kind of dystopian future to get a couple of years down the line and to kind of start seeing the seeds of that potentially some of that stuff actually coming to fruition Mm -hmm. because it really, really has. Obviously we live in incredibly troubled Troubled times. times. Um, I think it would have been very, very easy for Black Peaks to write another record, angry at the world, angry at society, and gone, well, we said it was going to happen, and it has, yeah. we're angry. Yeah. And I don't think this record does that. Well, it's I specific. Don't think it does that. It's specific, you know. I think there are, it's specific, but still open enough to he's actually it's not it's not just like a kind of new metal kind of i'm angry with my parents kind of thing it's full of socio-political commentary and like why is the world like this it's full of sorrow it's full of like yeah despair yeah that's sorrow and great show and hurt and like it's not going you motherfuckers 
who are immig- like shaming immigrants, not going, you fucking right wing, like alt right motherfuckers, you fucking yeah. li-. like it's not going, you know, it's not it's not stray from the path. No, 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 definitely not. It's, it's not it's, that. At it's all. more of an open hand. It's more of an invitation. It's more like than it is. What, what the hell's wrong with yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. It's a very questioning like confused sad record and that's what will's like i've talked to will a lot <laughs> about politics he's a confused <laughs> sad, sad man. oh he's a confused sad man yeah definitely but i talked to will a lot about politics and this i can you know say this is stuff that they genuinely care about you know mm-hmm. um very much so and are very read up on you mentioned in the article about adam curtis and stuff yeah, like yeah. that you know like I those adam those Adam so Curtis documents, well, I've seen Bitter Lake and, and it's, I mean, it's amazing, but they're really dense. Um, they're not easy watches, you know. No. Um, definitely worth watching if you want to get a better idea of what's going on in the world, but but they're fucking hard work, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of talking about Adam Curtis and like philosophers and all sorts of things, you know. They're, yeah. they're, 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 t- they're taking lyrical themes and strands from properly important shit and i think in times like this uh, not every band needs to do that but it's important that some do and i like the way that they're doing it i think it's very very good it is very very good so is there anything you don't like about it no no No. (laughs) absolutely nothing at all no i just in the interest of not wanking them off totally uh we can do that next week um tune in next week um i would say early on when i got i would say it took me a little while to get into it i would also which isn't a bad thing necessarily but i would also say compared to statues and i spoke to someone very close with the band as well who feels this way who i won't mention but i know he listens hello mate um statues felt like a album and in some cases, this feels more like a collection of songs than it does. Uh, I think there are times where they... Tra- oh, Stephen Don't Hill shaking his head. At Doesn't all. agree. Not at all. I think there are times where they try to make it sound more albumy, like um, uh, all the, oh, the Great Divide or um, uh, track five goes into track six, which is home and stuff like that. I just think Statue sounds more of an album than this does but in terms of criticisms that's about the the only one i can really level at it and 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 that doesn't matter that's it's perfectly fine to have albums which just sound like a collection of songs yeah um Um, that's all right and this isn't (laughs) (laughs) i don't agree with that i feel okay that's cool but i I feel like this might be a stepping stone to something more interesting i i would say that i love i've made it very clear that the points that i love the most of this record are when they're experimenting i would love to see on the third record i'd love to see them push that even further yeah um i don't think do you think it's better do you think statues is better um i mm, it's very difficult because i lived with statues for so long and i went on tour with these guys and like i've seen them a lot and those statue songs whilst statues is only two or three years old i feel like i've had that record for 10 years so it's enormously difficult um i believe i do prefer statues um and when i first heard this record 
I was like, I definitely prefer statues. But having had it for a couple of months, it's actually very difficult to now say which I prefer because mm. they're quite different from one another. I think I may... Because they were such a fucking breath of fresh air when statues came out. Yeah. Because they felt so exciting and they were so different and they were such a, you know, early 2016, it was still a bit like, is stuff going to be good? And there was a lot of like, you know, we've got the Dirty Neil and Creeper. Turned out to be an amazing year. Oh, of course. Incredible year. I mean, that's what goes without saying at this point. I think it's a classic year. But, um, but we'd had like the Dirty Neil and Creeper and, and, and Milk Teeth and had all released really, really good records. And I felt like I wanted something a bit heavier and a bit mm-hmm. more involving than those bands that mm-hmm. sort of stepped up to the plate as well. And they did it so brilliantly. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I feel like maybe I have a stronger connection to statues. Yeah. But I think if I take myself outside of it, mm-hmm. I think this is a better made record in every, every conceivable like criteria you would put up against it i think this is basically apart from being um like a head fuck like statues Mm -hmm. like if you were going on head fuckery statues Mm -hmm. would but that is the for me the only the singular only thing where statues is objectively better or superior to all that divides i'm not um saying this as a negative thing against the second record necessarily but one thing that i did think about is i'm not quite convinced that it has a song quite as world conquering as glass built castles is slash was uh, um i i think do you think can't, can't sleep, sleep. It as good as glass but i'm not it's it, 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 i think can't sleep is the closest this record gets to it but i'm i don't think it's quite of the glass built castles level glass built castles is great yeah. at the end of the day that doesn't really matter but in terms of um pushing them uh onto radio and all that sort of bullshit i mean you know they seem to be doing fine with radio on this record anyway i think so it's, it's probably not they're, they're obviously trying to do something completely different yeah, 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 yeah. we're not gonna do that i mean they've written that song like yeah yeah there doesn't appear to be much attempt to even try well i would say i wouldn't say they're trying to rewrite glassfield castles but i'd say those three singles are kind of statues-esque i'd be really i would love to see them on the third album mm. i feel like they've done that i don't think they need to do it anymore personally that's yeah, my feel and my right. take that could be but fine. um we'll see yeah yeah we will see well anyway that's not out for another week but you should get bloody excited you should be about pretty it excited about because it, yeah. it is fucking brilliant it's, all that divides by black peaks it's an album of the year contender definitely definitely absolutely. and Once i'm again. sure it'll be both in both of us mm-hmm. for sure it yeah. will be and the boys will be talking uh, about it properly when it comes out next week to yeah. us when they come on the show but yeah. in the meantime get so stoked for that what is out is our next album by the Black Queen it's called Infinite Games it is the follow up to Fever Daydream which was their debut album of 2015 it is the brainchild and uh, I guess the kind of uh, the labour of love of the former Dillinger Escape Plan vocalist Greg Pachato mm-hmm. um, and Josh Eustace uh, formerly of Telephone Tel Aviv I think and he still is isn't he isn't uh, he still doing Telephone Tel Aviv oh yeah maybe he is yeah mm-hmm. former he's formerly of Nine Inch Nails He's is not in Night's Nails anymore. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not in Night's Nails anymore, but he was. Uh, and also Stephen Alexander, who um, uh, is he's in Night's Nails and... Tech for Night's Nails and yeah, stuff like that. And, yeah. and he teched for Kesha. Did he? Didn't yeah. know that. Cool. There you go. There we go. So anyway, uh, their last album was called Fever, uh, Fever Daydream. 
um, and it was one of my favorites. What is one of the records that helped me kind of reconnect and re-fall in love with, I guess, sort of synthy 80s music. You ended up listening to re- well, Loads. rediscovering Depeche Mode and stuff like yeah, that, and didn't all you? Those yeah, kind yeah, of bands. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think actually, yeah. like, just even even saying that, like, they've had so many Nine Inch Nails comparisons and so many Depeche Mode comparisons, and actually, uh, I was making comparisons with stuff like. Or Tecra and Fortet, right? And even um, this is beyond me. I, I have to say, okay, I'll just say that. Enough. But yeah, um, but no, carry on. And uh, lots of kind of electronic music, okay. um, which was sort of inspired by the eighties, but not necessarily from the eighties, right? Okay. Uh, and I think that kind of late eighties industrial thing was what they got sort of pushed towards quite a lot. And really, it was mainly, I would say, because <clears throat> it had. The whole album had such massive choruses. Yeah. Like if you take those massive they had pop choruses, basically. Massive, yeah. If you take those massive, like I spoke to Greg about this record, and he was saying, you know, in preparation for writing it, he was listening to like Boys to Men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So to get that was the sort of thing. Yeah. That and like genuine. It's uh if 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 you if Dillinger was the masculine angry side of Greg and I think the majority of Dillinger was not all of it but I think a lot of it was this is his sensual feminine side I think that's yeah. a fair sort yeah, of thing to say so um with those those two things put together I, I thought it was a just a brilliant brilliant record it's a great record yeah uh, a great record and then along comes the follow-up like he's I guess this is can be his main band now yeah i think this is absolutely greg's main thing i think he'll be doing bits and pieces there's talk of a new killer be killed record and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. i think this is going to be his primary focus Mm. um for uh, certainly the next few years at the very least um so yes um so here is infinite games uh renfrey what are you saying about this i like it very much i think it's really good um I think it is not stylistically that far removed from Fever Daydream. Okay. I don't think it's miles away from what Fever Daydream was doing. Um, But I am very much into what they're doing here. I think they feel more expansive maybe Mm. than the Fever Daydream songs. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of songs which have great, almost instrumental outros it's sort of in the middle um what are those songs called um like impossible conditions one impossible condition is like that's that's like the 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 centerpiece of this record i think Mm. and probably is going to be the song that people i think it's possibly the best song on the album yeah it's not my favorite um quite unusually my favorite is um porcelain veins i was gonna say porcelain veins oh great fucking great. cool yeah i love that song i think it is the most unfever daydreamy one and maybe that's because it's primarily guitar i love greg's vocal on it it's mm. so close to the mic and so falsetto sort of it's sort of this beautiful wispy falsetto thing and it's just a repeating it's the simplest song and it's like two minutes and 40 seconds mm. But it's I could listen to it on repeat a million times. It kind of 
I'm sure they're probably, well, I was about to say they're probably fed up of getting compared to Nine Inch Nails, although why would you get fed up of that? Um, but it's sort of reminiscent. It makes me feel the same things that A Warm Place does uh, by Nine Inch Nails. They're in the instrumental one, Downward Spiral, which I just think is one of the most beautiful pieces of music ever written, basically. Um, so that's my favourite. But I think, um, yeah, I, th- I think I think um, that song in the middle, it's like six and a half seven minutes long impossible yeah. condition like it builds in this brilliant way and just that that outro at the end is is fantastic um i like it a lot but i don't know but i will be the first to admit that this this is far more your area than it is mine you you've been introducing me slowly but surely to depeche mode and stuff like this mm. i remember when i first got day, uh, fever daydream took me a really long time because my um i didn't have any references for it um it yeah. was there wasn't anything sort of nostalgic for me for it because i didn't grow up on that music um yeah i mean i mm, okay i love I, I i you know the first the first few times i listened to fever daydream it kind of just washed over me a little bit right and i would say that it was the same with this record as well but i've pursued it because I know what happened with fever, like fever daydream. I became obsessed with yeah, eventually. Um, and um, I can see myself, I can see that happening with this record, maybe not to the, quite the same extent. Um, never quite as strong the second time around, but I can see, I can see myself getting, you're, you're looking at me in a very pensive, like, Hmm. Yeah. Way. Well, what I, do you feel about this? Well, record? the thing is, is because I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing. Okay. But I don't think it, it's it's not as instant. And it no, doesn't appear I agree with that. to be doing the, the same thing as a fever daydream did to me. Okay. It doesn't appear to be that interested in I mean I, I understand the Depeche Mode comparisons. And and I understand the kind of Nine Inch Nails comparisons partic- on the first album particularly. Yeah. Like it wasn't something that immediately leapt out at me, I have to say, when yeah. I first listened to it. I didn't immediately go like, oh, they sound like Depeche Mode. I thought this sounds like kind of 2004, 2005 era electronic music with massive pop choruses is what okay. I, is what I thought. Uh-huh. So if the it pop did, choruses are definitely it did still sound, there. Yeah, I mean, if it did sound like Depeche Mode, it was much more like Violator uh-huh. era than... And, and onwards rather than the sort of earlier stuff which is what i was seeing people compare it to and i was a bit like i feel like people are sort of not quite hitting the bullseye on what they're sort of referencing about it and that's okay. maybe why they but anyway that's kind of by the by i think fever daydream just had huge huge pop choruses on it yeah and it really throbbed in a, a kind of disco like yes it would sound good in a club yeah, would sound good as a the sort of the soundtrack to uh a, you know kind of drive or something like that film. yeah yeah, um, yeah it, it very much evokes I, I both of these records in my opinion evoke um rain soaked la blade runner stuff yeah, like yeah. the vangelist yeah you know like they totally evoke that kind yeah. of thing um whereas this time around i don't really think they've tried to in terms of hooks uh-huh. there's there's fewer there's, there's definitely there's, fewer there's yeah. not as, i mean it's definitely not as instant and i think if you are it depends what the black queen are trying to do mm. i think because i thought what was great about the first album is i, I really looked at them and i thought greg is incredibly charismatic oh, God, yeah. he's, he's a brilliant vocalist yeah. he is 
very very good looking uh-huh. um he's a very handsome man and still talking about greg or are we talking about me we're always talking about greg okay and whenever i say handsome man i'm talking about greg <laughs> and um <laughs> and um and uh yeah and uh anyway uh he um he's he's brilliant and i thought to myself like there's a chance that this guy who smeared shit on himself and used to cut his head and jump from balconies in the Dillinger Escape Plan yep. could end up being a heartthrob superstar <laughs> pop star with this band. Possibly. Like, yeah. I, I I genuinely was like, yeah. far, far weirder things have happened. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, is he going to be like a fucking Billy Idol for the 21st century? Wouldn't that be like, brilliant though? I'd be, I'd be cool with that. That'd yeah. be fine. Yeah. And, and it's been a long time since... People came, you know. People used to graduate from punk, Adamant, yeah. and um, oh, what's his fucking name? I want to say Ferris Bueller, but it's absolutely not Ferris Bueller. <laughs> um, oh, oh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, but loads of people, and Blondie, Debbie Harry, like loads yeah. of people used to graduate from punk to become these fucking massive pop superstars. Yeah, and Greg from the Dillinger Escape Plan, mm. becoming a pop... I was like, fucking awesome. So I thought to myself, if they write another record like Fever Daydream with all those hooks and he can concentrate on it full time and it's got all those hooks and it's got that sound which is very unique but really kind of evocative and it's cooler now with the kind of the rise of Carpenter Brute and Perturbator and those sort of bands. And in a, and, and I, li- like, I like this record. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I do. Mm. I actually, I really like it. I like it a lot, but I feel like it's much more going to be just for me and just for sort of people who like the sort of thing that I like as opposed to appealing to lots of people. I think A Fever Daydream would appeal to and does appeal and could appeal to lots and lots and lots and lots of people because those songs sound superhumanly huge i think you're right actually i um i was on a stag do earlier this year in barcelona and i and i was you know in a stag party of people who don't listen to rock music and stuff and i put it on and and everyone was quite happy to have it on yeah so um i think that's a very astute point i definitely agree that there aren't as many pop hooks i mean it's interesting what you're saying about greg becoming a potential like pop star effectively i can't we've both talked to him quite extensively over the years yeah. i can't i don't think that's what he's wants to no, do no i i don't i don't um, think it's what he wants but to but do. it could have it, yeah but i, I, I see funny, what, where you're coming it would have been fucking hilarious um but, but i think um, off the cards now yeah 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 no yeah, quite possibly but but I, I can't imagine greg gives a flying toss no no i can't <laughs> I, it's more for it's more for me to like look at and go yeah wow. yeah 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 yeah, like, yeah imagine that yeah um but and, and also you know there was something really there was something really instant and really just sim like not simple because i think the comp musically the compositions in it are, are fucking like mind-blowing but there was something really that you could enjoy that you didn't have to think about that like, sure you didn't have to think about all the things that it where it came from and what it sounded like and what it was inspired by you could literally just go this is a great this makes me want to dance this mm, song. Mm. There, uh, there's definitely less of that on infinite games it much more reminds me and it's, it's funny I, you know the kind of before when i was talking about or tecra and fortet and you, you can't dance to those bands they're basically right. like electronic bands that you can't dance to like you'd have more there were times like Aphex Twin when he like window liquor era mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. Aphex Twin where he actually tried to write like singles I guess mm-hmm. um, 
Fever Daydream had a bit of that about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I think, you know, this is much more like selected ambient works era Aphex Twin from kind of 89 through to kind of 1993 where it was just like, what is this? That's like, great though, isn't just, it? Like, yeah, 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 that's awesome. Yeah, really good. I think it will take, it will take you a lot, like if you've got the sort of patience for it, I think it, it's a really good record. Mm. It will take you a long time. If you're expecting them again to sound like Depeche Mode, they just don't on this record. They just don't. It's mm. just like, there's not really any singles. It's much more, that first record felt like a Greg record. Mm-hmm. Almost like, a, you know, like Greg from Dillinger. And I know it wasn't. I know like the th- sort of three of them concocted all together, mm-hmm. but it felt like the personality of it was all this kind of labour of love from Greg, this kind of meld of, I like 90s R&B, I like kind of early 80s electro pop, and I like um, challenging, discordant, uh, ambient electronic music. And if I can find a way to fit those three things in together then i can make this album and i can write about all this kind of personal stuff this one feels very much more like we're going to make an a, a sort of electro indie record an indie electro record oh. with some vocal but and there will be vocals on it but they won't but they're just not as pushed to the forefront as uh, as the previous record and that i don't know <clears throat> if that's good or not quite yet i certainly really like greg's performance on this record yeah, I do. a lot mm. um maybe I, I i totally understand what you're saying about the hooks i almost prefer his performance on this record because i feel it's a little bit more versatile than even uh Fave, fever daydream was not to say that he wasn't versatile on fever daydream but yeah, I... just in terms of again we're talking about beauty and vocalists a lot but there's a lot more beauty in his voice than there was in fever daydream generally especially if you take a um track like the um the one that the two minute one that we were talking about that we love um porcelain Porcelain veins Mm -hmm. you know like his his performance on that is so stark and so oh it's brilliant i would have loved to have been on fly a fly on the wall when that was being recorded but like it's that word sensual again this is like the most sensual greg has ever been Mm. i think he's great on it and he's definitely doing that thing but i think he's just it feels like he's sort of teamed it back a little bit and allowed the music to be Mm, the focus and the center point of it and i think i'm cool i'm cool with that person yeah i like like that i am too Mm, i think mm, it's good mm, it's just different mm. okay fair enough different and at the moment i'm still in a place where i'm like is it, it, it is it better or is it worse or like what's the overall like what is my overall feeling about it and mm. the, the thing is is like it's a very different follow-up to a, a a record that i really really love mm-hmm. and at the moment i listen to it and i go this is really good this okay. is another really really good black queen album it's just uh you expect i mean much like we did it's, it's funny talking about it was alongside black peaks who death who definitely haven't again haven't gone down the obvious commercial route mm. and the black queen are not going down the obvious commercial route either mm. no, i just not. think it's harder for you to get people's attention in that scene with something like this so much you've already mentioned them but i wanted to ask you how you think the black queen fit in with that synthwave carpenter brute perturbator thing i don't think they do at all yeah i agree with you but it's but it's an interesting time isn't it because mm. 
some people will well actually first of all i i, I know my reasons why but why 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 do you not think that why uh, why don't they fit that in with stuff those guys? is very very that that stuff like is completely inspired by like john carpenter uh-huh. yeah. 80s electro like john carpenter soundtracks and like weird sort of underground german 80s synth music whereas the black queen aren't inspired they're softer they're much softer i think they've got i think they've got more like you know this whole kind of wave of um uh this sort of synth wave thing Mm. is all about kind of 80s um 80s music yeah completely completely about like 80s music from that period and yeah. very little yeah. else like i yeah. like loads yeah, of yeah 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 i agree but there's not like a whole host of stuff going on i'm i'm far more interested in black queen personally than i am in perturbator and carpenter brute not that i'm not interested in those guys at all um but um the black queen just has a lot more nuance to me and there's a lot more layers to unpeel and um they are more like a like a stalking butler they uh they i found with fever daydream i remember telling uh m hey m uh pr um that like this record was just washing off me the first couple of times she kept saying just keep listening to it keep listening to it and i kept finding myself singing these really cool melodies in my head in the kitchen or whatever i was like why is that from and I kept realizing they were from the Black Queen. I kept doing it like four, five, six, t- you know, four, five, six different melodies. Yeah. And that's when I realized, oh my god, this record has really got a hold of me. Mm. I think I don't think Perturbator tries to do that. I think Perturbator sort of tries to hit you around the head with yeah, a neon, yeah, yeah. <laughs> neon it, sort it, of it, you know, like hand. When, you, when you, know. you said about Drive, I mean, th- this is like Grand Theft Auto Vice City. That's yeah. Like, this is like Drive. That's like Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Yes, that's a very good. That's I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway it is still if you're a fan of the last one and you're a fan of if yeah if you're a fan of fever daydream and it's made you want to be more interested in kind of electro music not necessarily 80s inspired electro music but just electro music in general i am one of those people then i yeah then i think this album is a really good kind of bridge into stuff like i mentioned floating points a couple of weeks ago something like that absolutely so um i think it's great I, I i really like it i like it a lot i feel yeah. like i like it a bit more than you do i don't know if that's true but I've, i don't know i'm still yeah i'm still well no i do like it i do mm, like it i'm mm, just wondering okay. if i i you, you sometimes you project what you want onto a band yeah and maybe you shouldn't yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so I, I, I wanted another album full of absolutely pop bangers massive yeah yeah because yeah, 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 yeah. 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 kind of, i was like time is so right for it yeah and fair play to him because they haven't done that and yeah, I think yeah that's yeah. brave as fuck there isn't i don't think there's a song as instant as ice to never no. on this but that's cool that's all right you know you've got porcelain veins which is fucking beautiful yeah. so it's fine so anyway that's out now it's the black queen's infinite games up next i mean this is one extreme of sorts to another <laughs> and al nathrak a new kind of horror is their 10th album the brummy kings of extreme are they the brummy kings of extreme they're not really are they napalm death because they're napalm yeah, death yeah. um but it is their 10th album they're pretty fucking extreme though let's let's yeah, let's, let, let's not let's not piss fucking about. let's not fuck around like, <laughs> yeah, this is, pretty this fucking is extreme. not like a few weeks ago when we reviewed pig destroyer and we went ah everyone's going to be thinking oh pig destroyer it's pretty heavy yeah. and actually you know if you're just the casual metal fan you would get some some fucking 
good shit from the Pig Destroyer yeah, yeah, album. Yeah. Uh, a new it's kind interesting you've mentioned Pig Destroyer already because I think um, yeah, I think there are comparisons, but yeah. Well, 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 the comparison to me is that um, with Pig Destroyer, I think lots of people would like it. I think with a whole with a new kind of horror, there's a whole load of metal fans who are just going to go, nah, not for me. Okay, interesting. So, uh, but you don't think that potentially? Um, so I, I have to do a bit of background here. Um, so my knowledge of an Al Nakrath, obviously, I was familiar with them. I knew they were two piece black metal band mm. i don't think i'd ever heard an entire record right. uh before this one um so i'd only heard bits and pieces and to be honest i think i thought maybe because of the sort of two-man thing or whatever but i think i thought they were more of a sort of agoraphobic nosebleed kind of thing ah, um so listening to this record was a bit of a surprise for me uh because it's a lot more subversive and uh I, I wasn't expecting kind of industrial elements and electronic bits and pieces and stuff like that that's pretty um, standard right okay i didn't know yeah. that i did not know that i and i'm totally i'm, I'm doing this from the i want to be very clear that i am i was totally naive to that now um to be really clear i love this record and as a result i'm going to go back to their back catalogue and i can't believe i've missed out on them before <laughs> i think yeah, it's good. fucking awesome yeah i really really like it um it's batshit it's fucking bonkers it's, uh yeah that they, they are they're mental aren't they deliberately wantonly uh sonic terrorists yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, um, I i love it but then at the same time the themes that this record explores uh so um it's coming out so this year marks the 100th anniversary of the end of world war one uh-huh. and uh it's the 20th anniversary of anal nakrath as well um and uh th- they have released an album which thematically has a lot to do with the war and the great war mm. quote unquote and um the shit that we still find ourselves in you know after this war that everyone said at the time that's going to be the old war that ends all wars and uh, we've had quite a few wars since then um you know and it's really there's some fucking excellent like uh moments that so forward it's a really interesting track that's track four yeah um i have uh seen it uh described not not in a flattering fashion uh, as Skrillex gone deathcore. Oh, um, now, who said that? Uh, angry Metal Guy said it. Angry Metal Guy is quite angry about this record. Um, I, I understand what he's saying, and I don't entirely disagree with the with the um, description. But when he's saying he's saying that as a negative, and I'm like, that sounds fucking ace. Mm. Um, like they use um, uh, the sounds of guns firing and being reloaded as percussion. <laughs> Yeah, they do. <laughs> you know on this song and it's fucking excellent it's yeah, so it good it's so heavy i think it's fucking brilliant i mean you know angry metal guy very angry guy um was angry about it he didn't like it um but i i think it's great and like lyrically so it's the the first verse is just bookkeepers butchers ladies men school teachers kiss sweethearts a row of pansies kids in the treehouse proud parents it'll all be over by christmas and i love that whole like evoking something just through it's just a fucking list 
Yeah. And then, but but tying it all up with it'll all be over by Christmas, that thing that they said over and over again in 1914, yeah, yeah. oh, it's fine, it'll all be over by Christmas. And it went on for four fucking years and yeah. hundreds of thousands of men died, you know, uh, mainly men. And, and I, I love I love the way that they've approached the themes in this record. Mm. Um, I think it's really fucking cool. I can imagine um, if Devin Townsend continued down the strapping young lad kind of route, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine we would have him producing an Al uh, Nakrath type stuff mm. because... Um, there's some crazy operatic histrionics on this record as well, which well, I was not expecting. I again, have to say, like you know, the, the, the their their journey as a as a band is, I think, is really really fascinating. Yeah, okay. When you go back, tell me, to, tell I me mean, more. Kind of, um, Dominos S Dingus was the first one that I listened to, right? And I was just like, wow, it's just unbelievably harsh, right? Black metal, right? Like but with like grind, grinding black metal, right. like this mix of black metal and grindcore. And over time, they've kind of slowed down and sped up. And you, yep. know, you could go and added, like say, electronic parts uh-huh. and then added kind of um, more symphonic black metal part. And, and at this point, you know, the symphonic parts in this record, uh, it's no exaggeration. Like King Diamond is... King Diamond's of, a great show. Is one of the sort of comparative points that yeah. i would make and yeah. early on in their career i definitely wouldn't have made right point but in, in in this one particularly like you know there's um, a couple of songs which are king diamond-esque or yeah. merciful fate-esque definitely yeah. like definitely. dave hunt is a, a man who likes to just fucking fuck with like he's I incredible lo- i love that like you gotta love a band like now enough right because mm. they just they just want to piss but like whatever they do it's <laughs> yeah. just about pissing people off and like you say you know it's this very um this very stark conceptualized idea which is very kind of is, is bleak in a in a way that extreme metal was meant to be yeah but in quite a unique way like you say the first world war is not really territory that gets mined very much in the worlds of extreme metal particularly is mm. it like well they've referenced stuff like, like dh lawrence and wilfred owen and yeah. dolce et Mess and stuff yeah. like that you know and it, you know normally you either get satan or you get yeah oh there's a bit of satan on this record there is a bit of satan but um but it's more to do with satan or vikings or dragons yeah or yeah, yeah, yeah like you know the cursed sun or being metal do you know what i mean and um <laughs> man of war thank you and uh yeah and it's uh it's it's great to hear a band actually attack something with you know like with this level of pardon the pun of vitriol yeah but bring like, but bring it and, and into bring the, it into yeah bring, bring it, it into, into the, the modern, modern world, world by going why Jinx. are we st- <laughs> why are we still Sorry. doing this shit to yeah. each other basically i mean that's a massive oversimplification mm. of what dave hunt's saying on this record but you know um but his performance on it is astounding I was so shocked at so like I wrote in my notes there's a song called The Reek of Fear which to me sounds like Mike Patton's fronting Strapping Young Lad and who doesn't want to hear that? Uh, it's fucking amazing. Like they it's are, all over the place. They it's incredible. are great. Yeah. They are if I mean this is like I say when I bring up Pig Destroyer it's because I think if you if you were someone who likes metal and you go you know I like metal but I don't like the kind of really screamy death metal stuff 
I think you would probably go, I'm not going to listen to a band called Pig Destroyer, mm. but that new album might just convince you maybe to listen yeah. to it. Yeah. Whereas this, this is full on like, oh, this is mental. You ain't going to listen to this oh, no, unless it's you fucking like, if you're someone with a passing interest in metal, you might want to give this a, you might want to give this a miss. But you see, despite you saying that though, I am obviously not someone with a passing interest in metal, but I would consider myself someone with a passing interest in black metal. Right. Which is why I, you know, they've been on my radar, but I've not really delved into them in the past. And I think it's why I was so shocked. I was kind of like, I, I was so a bit behind the curtain. I was late tonight to this because I needed to give this record just one more go. And I ended up listening to it like three or four times in yeah. a row, which is insane when you think of how heavy it is. Yeah. But I just, I was just like, I, I just, I just need to wrap my head around it just a little bit more. Um, and I really w- wanted to as well. You know, I think I think it's um, even even though I only have a passing interest in black metal, I think this hits my kind of sheer insanity funny bone that math rock hit. I'm not saying it's a math rock record in any way, no. shape or form, but it, it, it hits the same vein that like math rock does or Devin Townsend does in the kind of whoa it's bonkers it's crazy and i love that or system of a down even yeah you know just in that whole like oh it's absolutely what is this and Mm. and that is music that really excites me yeah um so um where does how does it compare to because this is the thing that i can't comment on how does it compare to their back catalogue then um it's much better i mean there was a a they did have a little dip vanitas is a bit of a dip pretty much everyone so my brief research suggests that the last three records are a bit of a uh, no sorry the last one was amazing apparently and then there were two or three records which were a bit passion i think vanitas is kind of the low point vanitas and um Deratum, I can never say that. Okay. Um, it's all right. I mean, actually, I even, I even quite like Vanitas, even though it was just like that's when it felt a bit like. And I, it, it gets to the point when you're an extreme band. And to be fair to them, they did, they started out really, really extreme, and then they added loads of different, <laughs> quite extreme bits to it. Yeah. And then it reached the point where it was like, okay, well, okay, you're just really heavy with all the stuff now, right? Yeah, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. stuff. And um, what I like about this is it's like, oh, you found another new way, like another new way to be unbelievably heavy by talking about like the Great War, right? Right. Okay. 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 So yeah, they've they've kind of they've kind of basically everything to do with extreme metal, death metal, black metal, grindcore. um, It's all in pretty much. Yeah, black metal, just like you know, pure white noise all these kind of mad electronic squealing yeah. freak out bits. Yeah. The the fact that they found a way to make that even somehow slightly work in yeah. a, a kind of um in a way where you can unpack it. Yeah. is is fucking great. And yeah. yeah. Uh, th- this is a very very good album. I mean I still um, I'm not sure which one people in general are like. I, to be honest, I don't know what is considered their classic, their quote-unquote classic album. Uh, I know the Codex Necro being their debut one. I think that's when a lot right. of people went, "Oh my god, wow!" But I'm not. I've sure. heard good things about Eschaton. Apparently, yeah. I mean, that's I great. actually like Dominos Estingus. Uh-huh, I've heard good ones about that. That was the first one I heard. I right. think so. That right, might right, be right. why I've got such a kind of hard on for it. But um, but uh, yeah, it's you know they they were very consistently like frightening band cool they have a new fan <laughs> I, I, like they were playing um um black heart or underworld yeah it was uh, the not same too bloody long ago. weekend as 
Bloodstock. Oh, right. And I'm, I'm, yeah, that's a terrible clash. Uh, yeah. And I, Same I, as I, Iron Maiden as well. Like, come on, yeah, we're playing yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I wish I'd gone and see them now. Like, that would have been absolutely crazy. But yeah, they have a, they have a new fan. I, I think this is great. It's awesome. It reminds me, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, this isn't like the Pig Destroyer record in that. Yeah, it is absolutely bonkers. It, I, I guess it reminds me of the Pink Destroyer album because it's another stupidly extreme heavy record. I'm, you know, Pink Destroyer is kind of has groove and stuff like that, but it's yeah. still a heavy record. It's still you know, heavy, yeah. Which is just fucking great. Um, I think I'm more impressed. Mm, I'm I'm equally impressed with both of these. I think I slightly prefer the Pink Destroyer record, but they are very different records. So very, it's probably not fair, fair to compare no, them anyway. No. Uh, um, very do- I mean, I think it's uh, it's the, the water's less choppy. Yeah, the Pink Destroyer oh, definitely, record, that's definitely. Sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. anyway, if that sounds like your kind of bag, the album's called A New Kind of Horror. It's by the band Anal Nathrak, and yeah. they are a great band. If you went to that Paul Weller album, then you might like definitely. this. Definitely, come down. Definitely, <laughs> come down. Um, right, our last album of the week is Restorations LP 5000. It is actually not their 5000th album. No. Uh, it's their fourth album, their first album in four years. They are a rock band from Philadelphia, and they are a band that you and I talked about quite um, briefly, to be fair, when we did the uh, 12 bands to watch out for, the Unsung Heroes of 2018. That's right. Episode number two of Right Act. Yes. Go back and we kind of said, are oh, we looking forward to this album coming out? And here we are. It's here. It is bloody here. So, Renfrey, mm. off you go. What do you reckon? LP5000. Well, I'd say, if if you're not familiar with the Restorations, and quite a lot of people aren't, I'd say at their heart, they're a Heartland rock band. Yep. So similar to Gaslight Anthem, Menzingers, Modern Baseball, Hot Water Music. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all fair. But... Uh, to me, they are more interesting than those bands because they dress up their songs in lots of embellishments and effects and layers so that these songs would work if it was just a man strumming a guitar, but they're a lot more than that. Mm. Like, if you strip them down to their very core, you would have these... They would definitely work as songs, but restorations are very good at building up the layers and there being lots and lots and lots of things to unpack. Mm. As a result, it's not as immediate as Menzingers or Gaslight Anthem or anything like that. I'm not even saying it's... Am I saying it's better? I'm not even going to go there. But it's... um, I find them a particularly interest. I find them certainly one of the most interesting bands in that Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Heartland rock scene because there's so much more to dissect. Well, in my opinion, all of those bands that you're talking about are kind of cinematic in their approach uh-huh. to lyric writing. Yeah, and then very simple in their approach to music writing. Yeah. Whereas what we have here is a band who want to do that. Um, but want to be just as cinematic musically as they are lyrically. Yes. That's yes. what I think yes. is the most interesting. I think that's very astu- Yeah. I'd I think that's that. the most interesting thing about Restorations. I mean, I'm going to chime straight in and say I think this record's great. Great. Good. I think it's cool. really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I particularly want to jump to the very end. I. Uh, there's a song called I. Yes. Which is absolutely stunning. Fucking incredible. Yeah. It's a brilliant, brilliant yeah. song. Yeah. Um, Can I do a quick lyric from yeah. I? 
just in terms of what just to pick up on what you were saying in terms of cinematic music and cinematic lyrics i love john loudon's lyrics they say so much and yet you don't know exactly what he's saying um there's one where he goes my selfish soul was screaming as i dropped you off at the airport you smiled and called me stupid evaporating on the other side of the line just like a dream yeah and it's like you're definitely saying shit there and you're definitely moving me i don't know exactly what you're saying there's a bit in that song where (laughs) It's like he's listening into a conversation and he says, well, over someone at a coffee shop and he's listening to them on the phone. As we're halfway over the bridge, you're taking a sip of your coffee, glance at your phone and you mumble, I hope he dies. Yeah, I hope he dies too. Yeah, that bit. (laughs) It's just like, and this is a really beautiful song as well. Like, and I had to, when when that line came in, I rewound the song a bit to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you really there? say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. did I miss there? Yeah, it's so powerful. And I still isn't don't it? really know, but it's it's fucking brilliant and yeah. it's really quiet. Yeah, and it kind of it's got this weird sort of halftime step to it, this yeah. rhythmical kind of halftime step to it, which is like which is very very difficult to to pull off, and and it's not something you would initially. It it take a couple of listens before you even hear it. But then once you hear it, you go, wow, rhythmically, that is a very difficult thing to pull off. I think there's a lot of that in Restoration's music, sort of seeming simpler than it may appear on a first couple yeah. of listens. And then when you dissect it a bit, it's like, oh, hold on a second. There's it's actually a lot going on because the story and the, the choruses and the, 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 the lyrics are Mesmerizing. So, yeah, and, yeah, and present yeah. that it yeah. takes you a couple of listens before you go this is actually musically very challenging yeah and i remember you saying um back uh in that 12 um 12 unsung heroes, 12 unsung heroes episode about john loudon's voice mm. how he has this incredible gravelly lived in voice which is just captivating in my opinion um a, a few of those bands have it you know i th- i think i think Brian Fallon has an element of that, and I uh-huh. think I think the guys in the Menzingers have elements of that yeah. as well. But there's something about John Loudon where I hang on to every single word. I just, I just, I think he's brilliant. He sounds like he's going to break in this record, yes. which I didn't get last time. I thought he had a great voice, but I didn't get the feeling that he, he was literally like on the verge of going. He sounds I mean? like it, I, I don't know anything, but. It's an unusual, there's a few unusual things about this record and, and we'll go back to the record itself in a bit. But um, I was saying to you just before we started recording, the first three Restorations records came out between 2011 and 2014. So they were quite prolific quite quickly. And then there's been a four year wait to the next yes, record yeah. for this record. So it almost feels like that maybe there's been things going on personalized, maybe whatever. I don't know. I'm speculating completely and utterly. Not only that, I think my only slight disappointment with this record is seven tracks long and it's a little bit over 25 minutes. It's dead short. Yeah. It's slightly. It's almost be- an EP. It, yeah. And, and it's being sold as an album and all that kind of thing. It's yeah. a little bit bemusing to me as to why, I mean, you know, the previous record was only nine songs, but then it was about 43 minutes or something like that. I think the one before that was nine as well, but again, like 40. It seems, I, I mean, it makes me want to press play again on it, particularly because it ends in such a brilliant way. Yeah. It makes me want to press play on it immediately again. 
But do you have any theories whatsoever? Because that's no, a bizarre I, move, isn't it? Well, I, no, I have. I don't know. Any, I don't know enough about the band. You you brought them to my attention yeah, sort of yeah. a few months ago, so I don't know anything about it. I um, I I, I is, and as well. I is the only song that tips over the four minute mark. Yeah, you know they are kind of like you say that it's it's twenty five minutes long. The songs are the typical kind of three and a half minute long pop songs. Yeah, most of the time, apart from that one, and, and then I is only four minutes twenty five. It's not yeah. a really really long song. And to but, be honest, we we bemoan records being too long more yeah. often than we bemoan them being too short. But but for me, this is one of those incredibly rare cases of like, why wasn't it two two songs longer would have been fine? I think maybe yeah. they, you know I like nine songs. Nine songs is quite a nice number to have on it records is. i think yeah i mean actually it, you're right it could have de- definitely were, were it to have been longer that would have been not a problem at all yeah but i don't get too annoyed with, with albums being too short because ultimately like when you get an album and every song on it's great which i think every song on here is great yeah um i do agree with that you've got seven great songs and i'd rather have seven great songs and seven great songs and two average songs maybe maybe for me i'm only saying that because i loved lp3 when it came out it was uh i look back over my albums of the year lists and it was my number five in 2014 so i feel like i've been waiting for this record for a long time personally yeah um and i think i think you discovered them when i brought them to you so so for you it's just like okay this is just the next record where i feel like i've been waiting four years and it's not is that it? Because there's a lot going on in those 25 minutes. Although to a, to a degree it is, is that it? Because I want a couple more songs. But I'm, you know, I'm being picky and I'm, I'm, I just think it's an oddity and it's a curiosity. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to why that's happened. Mm. But what is on here is fucking great. Um, I really love the way this album starts and the way it ends. I think Saint is a brilliant starter. I really love uh, Non-Believer. Yeah, Non-Believer's good. Non-Believer's the sort of first one that they released. Yeah. From, I, think, uh, I think it was the Red Door, actually. Or was it? Oh, it was I one believe. of the two that was available from it. when. Okay, we okay. Sort of talking about it last time. Um, I think Caretaker is a wonderfully bittersweet yet uplifting song i mm. think it's the penultimate song it is yeah it's wonderful oh caretakers yeah, yeah this album ends really really, oh, really so strong. well red door so caretaker well. is the end i mean well, to be fair everything on it's good isn't yeah it? it's a really really good record it is good. um I, maybe because i've lived with it for a long time i think i ever so slightly prefer their last record but then having said that we've only had this couple of weeks so maybe i'll change my mind as time goes on but i think i think they are just a wonderful like who else whilst we're saying the heartlock heartland rock and all that kind of thing who else sounds like restorations really can you think of because um, i can't think of anyone who really sounds like them uh not no like sort of balance and composure and mm, maybe a bit that yeah sort of thing yeah uh, i pref- i prefer restorations to balance and composure to be honest yeah, i think i do actually um and balance and composure are, are great but yeah. I prefer restorations. I I, I think there's it, it's a, it's a difficult thing to pin down what restorations are, mm. but that's what I love about them. Well, it's because there's kind of almost. I mean, I'm tempted to say because of the the instrumentation. Uh, when we could talk about sort of the Menzingers and and these bands that in modern baseball, musically, I think they've got a lot more in common with a band like Elbow. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and it's only his voice and the sort of stories behind it. That, yeah, you know that that actually kind of 
put it and, and they're because they're from Philadelphia. I do, I do think geography has a lot to do yeah, with why they're too. put in with Heartland Rock, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. he's got that kind of voice and he tells those kind of stories, but definitely, um, yeah, musically, I would say they're they're not a million miles away from that kind of mm. that kind of like elbow type thing. Grittier than elbow. Oh yeah, yeah, but that again, that's his voice and yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, definitely, I think I, yeah, and and cinematic's a great word for it, like cinematic in terms of lyrics and musically. Yeah, I just, I, I think they're a wonderful band, and I want more people to listen to them. I don't feel like they're on that many people's radar. No. Um, well, hopefully they will be now. Yeah. So there you go. That's Restorations LP five thousand. Again, it's their fourth album. Not their five thousand. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck they were thinking. Anyway, anyway, to the to the the cherry on top of the riot cake. This mm. is us throwing for the first time, hopefully of many many times, mm-hmm. to uh, our good friend confidant and a man who we both admire greatly, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Jamie Lenman. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of Riot Act, this is the first ever the world according to Jamie Lenman. Hey everyone, it's Jamie Lenman here, your best pal. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about a forgotten classic, like a real good record, you know, a record that I love that maybe you haven't heard, maybe you didn't even know existed, and it might be a a record by an established huge band, and you've got all their records and you didn't realise this one had just fallen down the back of the sofa of time, you know, are you picking up that metaphor? Or it might even be just a really great record by a band you've never heard of, and you'd be like, say what and you put in the record you'll be like thanks so much Jamie Lemon for pointing this out to me forgotten classic so the first one we're going to do here what we're going to do this evening or you know in the morning or lunchtime whenever you listen to this segment um, is Freaked Out Small by the Presidents of the United States of America who are just they were just so huge for me as a kid growing up in the 90s and I, I realise some of you people out there might even be like what what's the 90s and yeah, you were born, maybe you were even born last year listening to this. But that's not my problem, and we're going to talk about them anyway. So let's have a little bit of a background on the Presidents of the United States, uh, or PUSA, as no one calls them. They're this great three-piece, little scrappy little, almost, I mean, maybe you could say they were a comedy band. They weren't. There's a difference between a comedy band and a band that are just funny, right? You can have a film that is funny without being a comedy, and I think that's... Um, how you would classify the presidents. They were funny. They weren't necessarily comedy. They wrote songs about funny little things, but they were a real band, and they rocked real hard, and they came out in the mid-90s, maybe like 96, whatever, um, with this album, self-titled record, and it's just the best. And for, for me as a kid into rock music at that, t- at that time, just trying to find it for, for me and all my buddies, it was massive, and they had Lump, that song Lump, everyone knows Lump, and they had Peaches, which was just huge, and everyone would play those songs. And if you had like a band that you were in at school or whatever, they would definitely be on your list. And if they weren't in your set list, Lump and Peaches, there was a big problem with you. And in fact, one time, say what? One of my friend's bands played school assembly. No, school lunchtime. That was like the big gig. That was like the Carnegie Hall of where we grew up. It was um, Collingwood College uh, assembly hall at lunchtime. And if you had a lunchtime gig, that was the big leagues. And you maybe had, like, your mate you was good at cartoons to do you a poster. I may have done a couple of those posters myself, but they weren't so great. Anyway, my friend's band featuring Mark, who later played in my band, they did Kitty, right? Kitty off this record, which is popular with kids 
because of the swear content, big swears in Kitty. And uh, and the Mr. Marjo, the deputy head, was standing right in front of the stage. And he was presiding over the whole gig, making sure it didn't get too rowdy. And they did Kitty. And everyone in the room was like, oh, are they going to do the swears? Because the swears right end of the song. And you would pause the CD and you would play it back just so you could hear grown-up people swearing. And your mum didn't even know because it was in your bedroom. And right then and there, and I saw a little twinkle in the eye of the lead singer, who was in fact famous classical guitarist Lee Westwood. I don't talk about this enough, but Lee Westwood, as well as being like, is he a golfer and like a DJ, a dance DJ? He's also a, a very famous classical guitarist. He's brilliant. And he went to my school and we were very close friends and he was the singer in this band. And he went for it and he did the sweary version of Kitty right behind Mr. Marja, who was standing in front of the stage. And it was like, oh no, he didn't. But he did do all the swears. And Mr. Marjo didn't notice nothing, didn't turn around or anything. And the concert carried on. And everyone just had it. And that was big respect. If you did, So they did the swear version. And that was how much. I'm just trying to give you background here. That was the kind of cultural currency that the presidents served with the maybe seven or eight kids at my school who listened to rock and roll in the middle of the 90s. There were not a lot of us. There was a lot of inbreeding going on. We didn't actually have any kids, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, so the president's massive, and that record, gold, platinum, tin, whatever they make, the big, what is bigger than platinum? I don't know, diamond? Can you have a diamond? I'm pretty sure you can have a diamond record. That's on my research on the floor there, because I got so excited about the different materials you can make a record out of. And uh, so that was huge. And then they did the second record, President's 2, which is still great, actually, really great record. Had a couple of big singles on it, Mac 5 and Volcano and Tiki God. I'm not sure if Tiki God was a single, but it's certainly one of my favourite tracks. Didn't uh, set the world quite on fire. And I don't know why sometimes bands just have a time where they're like kabloom and then it passes and you don't get it no more. And it's just a great album. And, and it sort of felt like their career was a little bit on the slide. To me, I sort of missed Presidents 2 at the time because by the time I uh, loved... Uh, their first self-titled record and, you know, really rubbed in my face in it for a couple of years, like an old pillow, weird metaphor. I'd then gone on to bigger and uh, nastier and heavier things. So I'd sort of left them behind. I always loved them, but I wasn't so much, hey, what's the new President's record? And, you know, back in the day, it would be like what your buddies were listening to or what you read about in magazines or whatever. And I, somehow I just sort of missed it. I, I knew it was out there, but I wasn't so interested. And then word came that they'd broken up and considering it's like when you know you haven't seen someone for a long time and you hear they they died and you think god damn and you feel bad because you should have gone to see them more and whatever and i am dragging this into a deeper place than a, a relationship with a rock band deserves but dude you know back at that time rock was your life and i suppose rock still is really my life anyway i felt guilty that i hadn't supported the presidents more even though what could a kid from uh camberley do to these cool american guys out there but they split up and they left us a weird little compilation album, which was like, I don't really understand what it was. Is it B-sides? Is it like demos? Or is it new material? Pure Frosting is what it's called. Is all of them. Which is a nice little send-off, actually. Earth Tone 9 did a similar thing with their Omega EP back the first time they split up. The first of six times they've split up. I'm joking, but you know, it is a trend, isn't it? Bands get back together on a nightmare. And so they did a similar thing with like some unreleased tracks, some new tracks, some B-sides, some live stuff. I think that's really good, actually, as a little roundup. At the time, I was like, man, I wanted a whole new album. But then I was just a kid. I was an idiot. What did I know? So the presidents had left us. This is a long preamble, but I hope you will agree that it's worth it because it's building up to something really magical. 
so we thought the presidents were gone. That's it. We had that. It was two great albums, the funny little weird goodbye, and then that was it. We didn't see the presidents anymore, and the world was a little bit bleaker and a little bit duller. And then one day I went into um, the Rockbox, which is my local record shop, which is a fantastic place that I'm sure I've talked about before, and I will talk about again. Um, and you go in there, and they just have the records on the shelf, and that's a lot of the time, again, how you'd find out about it. You'd read Kerrang, you'd read Metal Hammer, Rock Sound, whatever, you'd talk to your buddies, but a lot of the time you had to go to the record shop to say, hey, what's happening? And if you like the look of it, they would put it on a listening post for you, you can have a listen. Brilliant, brilliant. Anyway, I went to the Rockbox, and I was just looking around, trying to find, like, second-hand discs, because I didn't have, you know, no one had much money to really spend on records, and that was always spent on anyway. Um... And there, on the stack, this is like in the year 2000, right? So a couple of years after the presidents had dead gone, hadn't really thought about him, on a, on the display on the wall in the middle aisle, there was a record, and I'm looking at it now, and a white, white cover, little pictures of a little poodle dog on it, and it said, the presidents of the United States of America freaked out and small. I was like, the hell is this? This can't be the presidents of the United States of America. Because they split up. <laughs> and how naive at that time. I thought, well, obviously, you you can't come back from the dead. You know, uh, like a ghost band. When bands are done, they're done. And I'm famous for still saying that this should probably still be the state of affairs. But at the time, it blew my mind. I could not believe this is a new record by the presidents. And so I went up to the dude on the counter, my friend John, who I had around the other day to watch a couple of movies. Cool guy. I was like, hey, yo. This can't be the president. He's like, oh, yeah, they did a new album. Like, it was no big deal. Like, like, oh, yeah, it's a president's album. Like, he'd known for a week and hadn't called me. He didn't have my phone number. You know what I'm saying? He should have run out and found me. He should. I only lived down the road. Again, he didn't know this. I feel like he should have made more effort to alert me that there was a new president's album. And it's weird when you consider how nonplussed I was by their second record and by the little compilation they did when they split up. I was like, eh, you know, got the first one, that's what I need. By the time they were gone and I and I realized what I was missing, they'd built up as things do and like, oh, the presidents, weren't they so great? So, and this is before everybody got back together and everybody put out a rubbish album when they came back together. And so I had no preconceptions and I was like, well, obviously it's great. This is obviously going to be brilliant. I'm going to buy this. Give me that. I'm going to take the CD. Thanks very much, Rockbox John, which isn't his real name, as I've alert last week. Embarrassing situation. And I got it home, and it is tremendous. It is, and it's still tremendous. Freaked Out and Small has no right to be the best album that the presidents made. And I say this not having heard all their albums. <laughs> I just found out they did a new one. It's not going to be as good as this. This is so good. I mean, this is even better than their first one. And that is a, a a long limb to go out on. That's a creaky-ass limb. Do you know what I mean? To be on as a grown man. And people would say, get down from the limb. You're a grown man. Uh, and I'd say, look, listen to this record. And they'd understand and we'd become friends. So, Freaked Out and Small. It is so weird. And I've done a little background research on it. Because when you open the CD, there is almost no information. Because you want to know... How have they gone back together? What are they, are they doing? Shows? Is it a thing again? It was just an album completely out of the blue, out of the blue, out of the blue, unheralded, no info. When you look inside the CD casing, you just see a list of names, tons of names, and that's all the info. And I now know that these are all the people that pre-pledged in a sort of a primitive. They pre-bought it before pledge was a big thing. 
this tiny little startup internet music label, Music Blitz, which is what it came out on at the big, very beginning of the noughties, which is what definitely what we're calling it now, uh, had convinced the presidents to put out to make a record. I think just because they loved them and they were trying new fields, you know, pioneers at this time. Even before, you know, I really got involved in the music industry and saw, dude, it was really crumbling and digital hadn't really quite come in. At the very start of the noughties to have a digital label is quite um, amazing. And so these guys, Music Blitz, they just went after what they love, which is always the best way to do it. Got in touch with the presidents and were like, hey, how about we give you some money, you make a new president's record, which is quite audacious to approach a band who was split up and say... Yeah, yeah, I hear you got problems and, you know, you got strife and personal relationships and whatever you want. You split up to look after your family. But how about just get back together just because we really like you and making a new record? It's amazing. It's never going to work. But it did work. I can't believe it. And so they did, um, they put out a single, Jupiter, which, uh, you know, Jupiter is a pretty good song. Maybe not the best on the record. It's pretty good, uh, which they already had that was left over from a session they were doing with Subset, which was this weird kind of... Uh, uh, collective that they were doing with Sir Mix a lot didn't really go anywhere, but they had this track Jupiter, which you know sounds like a president's song, and they put that out as an internet only single. And then with that, they got uh, the attention and they got the the prepayers and they funded a whole record. And they went in and they made this record. And it is, it's still the president's, but and I hate to say this, but it it sounds like it's got a maturity. And if you say it's got a maturity, that might sound like you're sort of cussing the the lovely fun sort of childishness that the previous president's records has and indeed the ones that came after it still have i think this record really stands alone this you've got silly little songs uh on those records about like bugs and kitties and whatever and peaches and lumps and all this stuff and tiki gods uh and then the stuff on this record some of it is still silly and funny but some of it has got real emotions in and it takes you to really subtle places and it and it's really calm in places and in other parts it's really rocking and big and bombastic in a way that the presidents previously and since again always seemed to undercut like they were a rock band and it wasn't like they were ashamed of being a rock band but they did sort of make any other band who took themselves even a bit seriously look a bit silly because they said look let's you know let's just have fun rock and roll should be fun and they and they're right and straight away from the first track, Tiny Explosions, that energy is there. But what sets this album out again from the others is that they use regular guitars. I don't know if you know much about um, the Presidents and their weird guitars. They have bass guitars and git basses, which are basically electric guitars but strung with a couple of bass strings and just a couple of um, guitar strings. Chris and Dave, the guitar players, played these weird um, git bass and bass guitars that they'd sort of engineered themselves and that's part of their funky little sound and on this they you know and, and that might be a little bit of why maybe it sounds a bit more mature which you know you can't really uh again i wouldn't it, I, it's probably unfair to call it mature but because they're on like proper and i'm doing the thing with my fingers proper instruments i think that lends it uh a fuller sound and yeah maybe okay mature um and it's amazing because it's it's like the president is a grown-up i keep on going on this tack but that is what it sounds like uh, but then the energy is all there. So you've got like the big instruments. It's a bigger sound. Great songs, man. Great songs. Got all the way through. I love Tiny Explosions. Nothing But Love is the great second track. Then we hit Tiger Bomb, track three, which is just, it goes right down. And the drums, the chicken, I know his name isn't Chicken, but that's what he's called on the first record. Real slow. And it's so sparse. 
you know, the first verse doesn't have any instrumentation apart from the drums hardly, a uh, little bit of mellow mellotron, and the song about falling in love with a girl who plays the drums, which is just, you know, drummers are cool anyway. Um, and uh, it's just so beautifully done. And then there's this heartbreaking nylon guitar solo in the middle. Out of where? Where is this side to the president's bin? You know, a nylon string guitar solo. Criminy. And then an amazing piano double with electric guitar that is just so beautiful and fragile in a way that you didn't know the presidents could be. And maybe they didn't either. And I don't want to second guess them. But it's just incredible. And then you got Last Gone on Earth, which is funny. Jazz Guys, a big funny song about how boring jazz is because it's so boring. Even I like jazz. God damn, is jazz boring? You know, so I put a, you know, I put a Birth of the Cooler when I want to get bored. It's not true. It's not true. I do like jazz, but it is boring. Uh, you got Jupiter, the big single. Some of the stuff, that's the more 60s uh, stuff, maybe by Dave, like Superstar, doesn't really go for me. Death Star is a real funny song about the Death Star. Uh, and I sing it all the time whenever I'm watching Star Wars or whatnot. Because no one knows this record. It was like, shut the hell up. Stop singing your stupid song about Death Star. It ain't even funny. And I'm like, haha, you didn't even know references, presidents, and they still don't get it. Uh, Blank Baby is an- another one of the tracks that I think came from Chris Ballou's previous band, Egg, from the middle of the 80s. Quite a few of these songs are recycled, as I think a lot of the president stuff was, from um, Egg, which is a sort of little punk band that Chris had been in before. And then I'm Mad, which is so great. And I think it's uh, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses who plays bass on I'm Mad, which is really great little star turn to have him in there. Uh, and it's a great song. And they've got this middle eighth that is just the sound. If you check out this record, which hopefully is the point of what we're doing, the middle eighth is literally just the sound of them getting... <laughs> God damn! Getting so angry instead of, like, lyrics or anything. They just rage into the microphone and it sounds rubbish when I'm doing it but listen to it it's great it's absolutely great and then it, the whole thing ends with heading out which is this huge bombastic thing again that they haven't really done before it's like a big rock riff and it goes huge and it repeats and it sort of spins out and it's amazing and the record is so great and this is the record it's so funny that even though that first one the self-title was the one I fell in love with and I listened to as a kid non-stop it's this one that I come back to uh, just because it is has such depth and uh, the sound is so full and the breadth of feelings from, okay, it's just a funny little song, you know, about Jupiter, a big planet, or, or this is a really slow, tender love song about falling in love with a, another musician, a specific uh, melody that musicians are prone to, you know, that only a musician can understand, baby. And... Uh, there's just it runs the whole gamut it's fantastic and then there's nothing there's nothing about it i don't think they toured it it was just there on the on the shelf in the record shop and i think it was the only copy and i bought it and like i said on the inlay you can see all the people that were in the know i don't know how they were in the know because i wasn't in the know maybe they paid more attention to pure frosting and that's the reward uh that they'd got their names on the inlay because they'd helped to fund it and I think it was the really early days of, like I say, crowdfunding, internet labels. They, you know, the label Music Blitz went into it half and half with the presidents. And here's the amazing thing, is that later I found out, and I don't know how I found this out, but they got the guitar tab books. If you're a guitar nerd, like I'm not, uh, but I tried to be when I was younger, you can get guitar tab books. And I nearly did one of my own once, but it was a lot of work and I, I didn't bother in the end. But the guitar tab book for all the songs on Freaked Out and Small does exist. 
And with it, you get a free DVD of the presidents playing every song on the album, one after the other, which is just what so amazing. So you get this tab book, and it's, you know, how much ever it is, like 10, 15 pounds, whatever. And you're like, yeah, that's great. And there's little interviews in it and little snip snaps with the band. That's It's really cool in this photos. But what, a DVD of a complete live performance of this album? Unbelievable. And it's so great when you watch it and they're having so much fun and these songs really stand up. I got a bone to pick with your presidents because on this record there are a lot of really lovely harmonies. And are they represented in the live performance? Are they born? How difficult is it to get one of this? Three of you dudes... Only one of you could sing? I know that's not true. Someone else can do a little nothing in your mind but love. Am I going to have to pay PRS for that? Shame. That's my new composition. Uh, why can no one do the little harmonies? But other than that, it is just spectacular. And again, you know, the gift it keeps on giving, you don't you don't expect that when you get a little tab book. Well, it's got a free DVD and interviews. Just amazing. So I had, uh, I had Guy actually from Ruben come around and watch that with me because he's a big freak for this album as well. He loves it. We love the presidents. And in fact, we did some shows with the presidents back in the day, which was a super high point. And this isn't my president's story. I don't think my president's story belongs on this in this segment. But if we ever meet in the street, ask me for my president's story and it will break your heart. But we did speak to them a little bit. And during their sound check, I said, hey, guys, because they had a new record out. Love everybody. Good record, sort of captures the, the energy of the first couple of records. You can't really ever go back there. You know, I think they sort of, I got the feeling talking to them that they were a little bit embarrassed of this record, Freaked Out and Small, which makes the mystery even deeper. Because I said to them, hey, are you guys going to play anything for Freaked Out and Small? I love that record. And they sort of laughed at me and were like, what? Why would we do that? <laughs> and I said, well, because it's amazing. The songs are just incredible. I love it. It's it's my favorite president's record and they looked at each other and one of them went well we'd have to play like normal guitars as if that was an excuse like not to play they must have had some underlying reason that they weren't fond of it the 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 flip excuse they gave me at the time was that they were back to playing bass guitars and git basses without significant strings but coming from a dude who plays the guitar parts and the bass parts himself at the same time live let me tell you presidents that is not an excuse not to play your best material you can find a way if you really want to so from that from meeting them and touring with them and not really becoming their friend i have to say i did get a weird feeling that maybe this this record stands on its own for them that it was not represented in the live show and they seemed a little bit faintly embarrassed by it that might be me um projecting unfairly uh putting labels into their emotions into their hearts when you put words you put them into people's mouths. When you when you project emotions, you put them into their hearts. All right, so I'm putting feelings in their hearts there, perhaps unfairly. I could never understand why um, they seem reluctant to play it because I just think it's their greatest achievement. And I haven't heard the new one because you know I lost touch with them. And maybe uh, next time we do this, I'll be like, check this. President Six album is actually the best one. Ignore all that tosh I was talking about last time. I don't think so. I, I doubt that this will be bettered, but maybe I should have come uh, better armed before shouting down this microphone in your uh, ears at you about it. But listen, you have got to listen to Freaked Out and Small. Even if you've never heard that, if you've, if you've heard the president before and you like that self-titled record 
you like lump and peaches and all that, you have got to listen to this because it's, because it is like that. But it's it's like Saved by the Bell, the college years. You understand me? When they went to university and whatever and got married on a beach. I didn't. Again, I didn't watch that. I should have done more research for this. It's like that, or it's like come on, um, Rugrats all growed up. Yeah, you feeling me? It's like a, a big step on, and it's very nourishing and rewarding. And I keep going back to it. And if you if you like the President's albums after that, chances are you know about this one. So that's no probs. But even if you don't like the presidents, if you never heard them, jump in on this record. Don't go to the first one first. That's coming. That's already. That will wait for you. That's okay. You call that one when you're ready, and it will say it's the middle of the night. What are you thinking? I'll call you in the morning. Who cares? This one. Go to this one first because, and then from then you can spread out because it is just uh, tremendous. So there you go. That is my uh, forgotten classic. Freaked out some more by the presidents of the United States of America. Please go and hunt this down. It is a tremendous album, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Okie doke. Bye for now. Right, there you go. Twat Jill. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a twat, Jill. Um, there we go. Jamie, that is fantastic to have Jamie coming on and, and uh, bringing you that album um, to to our attention it's a hugely uh, I, I have to say I've uh, I've had this had this recording for a little while so I picked it up because I hadn't heard it for a really long time and he's absolutely right it is a massively massively underrated record because mm. everyone always goes to self-titled yeah. um, which is also brilliant but um, there's some fucking great songs on this record funny so fair band. play fair play yeah, Jamie and we look band. we look forward to uh, having more contributions from Mr. Lenman in the future whatever oh. spews out of Jamie Lenman's brain will be brought to you exclusively on Right Act yeah. in the form of another the world according to jamie Lennon <laughs> or twat drill as the, the kids are calling it so there you go we will be back next week um thank you very much again for listening go to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast and give us a pound go on governor give us a quid and uh, go to uh, at riot act underscore podcast and follow us and say you're great you're doing really well follow us on um facebook as well give us a little review on the itunes mm-hmm. yep that never hurts, never hurts does it Definitely doesn't hurt. Um, we've got some really nice ones on there so far, yeah, so thank you very much. Well. I think uh, I would also just like to just going back to the Twitter. We we've had we had a lot of people like saying um, like uh, their opinions on our opinions, so to speak, early yeah. on, and that's not dried up, but it's got a little. It's become more of a trickle than it was. It was more of a flood. So you know, if you vehemently disagree with what we have to say or vehemently agree, please let us know because we uh, are actually interested, believe it or not. At Paul Weller. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, and also big shout out to the guys at Musicism. Get your courses for guitar, bass, um, kazoo. Uh, don't think they do that. But I think they probably could, though. They should do, but yeah, yeah. Come on, you're yeah. paying nine ninety nine a month or... 25% with 25% off if you put the code riot in capital letters into the checkout you can surely just do a quick video Very good. On, on kazoo I mean if you want kazoo lessons from musicism please hit them up yeah musicism.net yeah that's what you got to do next week uh, we'll be reviewing new albums from High on Fire mm-hmm. uh, Code in Cambria mm-hmm. A Storm of Light mm-hmm. and Satan's Mates Behemoth oh the big, yeah the big one the big B yeah, Behemoth, old Nergy Nergs. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, what he likes to be called. <laughs> yeah, as, ner- as Nergy Nergs followed up the Satanist properly, you'll find out next week. And it won't just be me, myself and Renfrey. Black Peaks are going to be in the house. Yeah, half So half. Um, that should be 
very, very, very excited. It's going to be great. They're very excited about it. I was talking to them earlier today and they are thrilled to be part of the show. Well, that's good because I'm not bothered. (laughs) (laughs) Biggest pricks in the music industry by far. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we'll see you for that next week. (laughs) See you later. Bye.